we get started with our business, we usually begin with the pledge. Please stand. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Could we call roll, please? Yes, Chair. Uh, committee Member Fox? Here. Committee Member Skorpanich? Here. Vice Chair McDermott? Here. Chair Imboden? Present, thank you. And for the record, uh, Committee Member Farfan is absent tonight. Great, thank you. I have a number of speaker cards here um, in front of me. If any of you are here and wish to speak on a project, you'll have the opportunity to do that. But you need to fill out one of these cards and bring it down to our admin table down here. Um, you'll have three minutes to speak, if you wish. So before we get started with our agendized business, we always give the public the opportunity to address this committee on items that are pertinent um, within our purview. Is anyone here for that reason this evening? That are not on the agenda. Yeah. For non-agendized items? Okay, seeing none, we'll move on to business then. We, uh, on our consent calendar this evening, we only have the minutes from our November 2nd, 2022 meeting. I'll look to the committee for a motion Chair. on that. Okay, Chair, I move to approve the minutes as written. Great, we have a motion to approve as submitted. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay, we have a motion to approve. We have a second. You, right? Great, thank you. Please vote. That passes unanimous. For new business, we have design review item number 5078-22, the Crutel Marquez residence. Could we start with a staff report, please? Yes, our associate planner, Anim Natsakanyan, um, will be making the presentation. Great, thank you. Go right ahead when you're ready. Good evening. Oh. Good evening, Chair and Bowden and committee members. Um, the applicant proposes to demolish uh, existing rear additions to a single family residence at 338 East River Avenue and construct a new one story addition. <coughs> the major components of this project include demolition of a rear portion of an existing single family residence. The residence uh, is 904 square feet with 152 square feet proposed to be removed. The rear portion to be removed is slightly visible from the street. However, it is largely obscured by the existing residence. Construction of a new rear addition to add 586 square feet to the existing residence for a new total floor area of 1,320 square feet. The new rear addition will have the same materials and color as the existing, though with a four inch exposure rather than a five inch exposure to help differentiate the new construction. A wood trim board would also be added to help de delineate the new construction from the existing. The rear addition is compatible with the existing residence, taking influence from the current design of the existing, while also clearly demarcating itself from the new construction. 
The proposed project is categorically exempt from CEQA because it consists of an addition that is less than 10,000 square feet to the existing single-family residence in conformance with the allowable development in the general plan and in an area where the public facilities and services are available. The subject property is a non-contributor to the local California Register and National Register listed Old Town Historic District. The one-story residence was constructed in 1914, but has been altered with new windows, application of stucco, and the porch has been infilled. Historic integrity of the building has been impaired due to the loss of original material and significant changes in design as front porches characterize the historic district. The property also contains a detached 330-square-foot garage, um, not part of this project. The subject property is located on the south side of East River Avenue in a residential area of the Old Town Historic District to the east of Grand Street. It is largely surrounded by other single-family houses zoned R26. Hart Park is loca located to the south. Three properties to the west of the project site and one property to the south are contributors to the district. The properties to the east and north of the project site are not contributors to the historic district. The rear addition will project south of the existing building, similar to the section of the existing residence that is to be removed. It does not appear that the new addition will be significantly visible from the street as it is set far back from the property line and would be partially obscured by the existing detached garage. Um, it would not adversely impact the integrity of the streetscape of the historic district. The staff report also states that the applicant proposes to replace existing windows with new uh, windows that have muns above two panes of glass. However, per city staff's recommendation, the applicant has decided to forego the detailed window for a simpler window type, which staff believes is more compatible with the architectural style of the building. The project plans attached to the staff report reflect the simpler window design. The project is in conformance with the historic preservation design standards for Old Town Orange. The proposed rear addition is minimally visible from the street and is compatible with the mass scale and roof form of the existing building while being subordinate with a slightly lower roof height. Um, materials and paint colors proposed are to match the existing um, residence with the differentiation in the siding. As the property is a non-contributor to the historic district, the Secretary of Interior Standards apply to how the proposed project, uh, the proposed work affects the historic district as a whole but not any individual building. Um, regardless, new work is differentiated from the existing and is compatible with the historic materials, features, size, scale, and proportions and massing to protect the historic integrity of the property. In addition, the construction will be undertaken in a manner that if removed in the future, the essential form and int integrity of the structure will be preserved. Uh, thank you so much. That concludes my staff report on this project. Great, thank you. Any questions on the staff report at this time? No? We can uh, ask the applicant to come forward, if you wish. What, what was your name, sir? <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm not here to add much to what was stated, except one thing to note is that uh, we originally were going to match the colors of the existing, but uh, the client has picked out some colors that are very close to what's existing, but they're a little different. But so the colors will be as they're shown on the uh, on the sample board. Uh, this is this is basically a single story uh, vernacular style uh, house that's uh, very simple and has been added to in many places. If you look at the photographs of the side side of the building, you'll see all sorts of places where the siding jumps up and down. 
Uh, but we're just trying to do something that, first of all, remove the shed roof addition in the back and put in a, a new addition that's much more compatible with the house. And other than that, I'm here to answer any questions. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I also have a speaker card that belongs to the owner. Did you mm -hmm. want to speak? It's up to you. But you have to come to the mic if you... Second. Sure. Good evening. My name is Daniel Beekretel. I'm the property owner. Um, there was The windows were one issue I had. Another one was the year it was built. It actually wasn't built in 1914. Um, if you look at the 1922 Sanborn fire maps, there was another structure on the property, and there was not a house to the west of us. That house was built in 1923, and that's when we believe our house was okay. built in 1923. Not that that's important. It's, it's, uh, this house has been in my family. We're the only one who's basically occupied it. Um, a great uncle was born in the house in 1925. My brother was born across the street in 1927. My aunt was born in the house in 1928 and lived her entire life in the house. My mother passed away in the house in 2020. So it's, a, it's just an important property to us. We want to retain it. Uh, we're not looking to add to the bedroom, bathroom, or overall room count. We just want to make it more accommodating for family get-togethers. You know, the kitchen's small. We want more than one person in the kitchen, a place to watch games on Sunday. So we've tried to keep the project simple, and there should be really be no change from the, the facade from the street. It should look pretty much the same. So okay, that's all I really have to add. Thank you. Okay, very good. Thank you. Questions, comments? I have a quick comment, and that is that I want to disclose that the, um, the owner had hired me. It was over a year ago to do um, some consulting feasibility studies. I don't think it's going to have any impact on my ability to judge fairly on his project. Okay. Thank you for sharing. I have a question for staff. Yeah. Um, Ms. Manasakian, um, I see in the agenda materials um, there's a historic resources survey from 2005. Was this home not surveyed prior to that as well? Were there other surveys that, that were done that included this property? Yes, so um, thank you for the question. Um, the, sur the property was surveyed in 1991 as well. In 1991, it was found to be a non-contributor. And um, I have an excerpt from the ma matrix, the survey matrix from the 1991 survey that I can pass um, with the 338 East River highlighted. Um, so let me hand this over to my assistant director. Thank you. And I don't know whether do you want that? me to con I have questions for the... I have a question for okay, the... Okay, go ahead. It, you're just for the owner or the applicant? Uh, I believe it's yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a question for the applicant as well, if you could come forward. Um, I'll copy for each of us. Okay, thank you. So one question that I had um, is... You know, when I first looked at the, the drawings, where this committee is often reluctant to use this vertical strip as a line of demarcation. However, this home is a non-contributor, mm -hmm. um, which then kind of made me question it being used. Mm. Um, because it, particularly on the southeast elevation, the left side of the house, it really falls in a very peculiar place, kind of through the window. Through the window. Um, so, I guess the question I have is: Is that something that you felt or were directed to do as um, to meet these usual conditions that we put on historic homes? 
No. Uh, partially, I did it because there are others like that in other parts of the house on the uh, opposite. Right, of right. Yeah, I did uh, see that. But there also, there are places where the siding changes with, with no uh, trim. So I'm happy to do it either way. It doesn't uh, worry me a bit. Okay. Well, we can talk about that amongst ourselves, I guess. I guess the point you raise is that it, it's inconsistently consistent. Right? <laughs> so, yes. so, oh, so, yeah, we'll take that into consideration yeah. as well. This is a house that tells a story. It tells a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it is what it is. Okay. That's all I had. Thank you. But okay. I believe stayed there. I think you had a question. Uh, I was not clear from the plans whether all the metal and vinyl windows are being replaced. Yes, they're all going to be replaced, and they, they will be double hung, wood windows. One over one well, style. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but but both both operable. Okay. Thank you. That was all I had. Any others? Any other questions for the applicant while he's at the podium? Okay. Thank you. Thanks. If there's no further questions, does it, I mean, do you have questions or comments or move toward a motion or? I find the the application to be appropriate and compatible, and I am in support of it as submitted. Okay. I agree, um, and I think that the line of demarcation being um, accented with trim is good because we do have different size siding on either side of that, and I also believe that there's it continues to tell another part of the story, so I think we should keep it. Uh, I would agree with the comments made. I also wanted to um, express my kudos to the property owner for coming up with a very sensitively scaled addition. Um, we aren't always so lucky to have someone who um, isn't trying to sort of make a something else out of a little bungalow that it's it's never was destined to be. So um, I do appreciate that, and I'm prepared to make a motion for approval when that time is appropriate. Okay. I'll just follow up since I asked the question about the siding. I, th I think the fact that you've pointed out that it isn't just occurring where you've done it. This is a continuation of a detail that's already used in the, the house that I think in this case uh, I'm okay with that. It, it's um, perhaps a little peculiar, but it's peculiar, peculiar all over the house. So um, I, as I said before, the house right now sort of reveals a story in how it has developed over time, and I think you're continuing to do that. So um, I'm supportive of that as well. So I think I'm the last one to comment, so I think you had teased us with a motion a minute ago. I'm ready to make a motion to right ahead. approve, I believe this is final determination. It is. Thank you for bringing that um, up. This final determination with the Design Review Committee. So, Mr. Chair, I make a motion to approve... Design review number 5078-22, the Crudel Marquez residence, subject to the findings and conditions of the staff report. I'm happy to second that motion. Thank you. So we have a motion to approve. Again, it's final determination as well as a second. Please vote. And that is unanimously approved. Good luck with your project. Next on the agenda, Design review item 5084-22, Jim's Original Restaurant on Tustin Street. 
And I believe this is not in front of us for final determination, but that isn't clear. Could we uh, get clarification on that? Correct. This is a recommendation to the Planning Commission. Terminal there? <coughs> Does not need counsel at this time? No. It okay. is a CUP. Okay. CUP with counsel. Great. Thank It'll you. It'll be going to, before the commission. Or the commission. Thank you. And our associate planner, Ryan Agbayani, will be making the presentation. Go right ahead when you're ready. Thank you. Good evening, Chair and committee members. The item for consideration is a proposal to demolish three existing detached one-story buildings at 214 and 216 North Tustin Street to construct a new two-story commercial building consisting of a drive through restaurant with indoor and outdoor dining on the first floor and an office on the second floor. Other site improvements include a parking lot, drive through lane, trash enclosure, and landscaping. The business will be Jim's Original, which is a Chicago-based restaurant that specializes in Chicago-style sausages, hot dogs, and sandwiches. The proposed design of the building is inspired by the Googie-style architecture of the Sky Palm Hotel located, located immediately to the south. The V-shaped roof on the first floor and the sloped roof on the second floor are designed with large eaves. The building height keeps a low profile, and only the elevator tower, which is located at the rear, has a 29-foot-high parapet to screen all rooftop HVAC equipment. The outdoor seating will have a patio cover designed with exposed glulam beams and steel columns. The overall color scheme of the building will incorporate tones of white, black, and gray, with highlights of yellow on the steel columns and parapet. The exterior materials and finish schedule is identified on sheet six of the plans and the color and materials board is included as attachment four in the staff report. Materials include a combination of light colored plaster, stained wood, and dark gray brick. The proposed landscaping includes a variety of trees, shrubs, and ground cover around the perimeter of the site, as well as multiple landscaping islands behind the proposed building and along the drive-through lane. The plan incorporates a total of 31 trees, which exceeds the city's benchmark of 30 trees required for this site. There is one existing street tree which will be removed to accommodate the new two-way northern driveway. The proposed plans do not show a new street tree. However, our public works department will confirm during plan check if a new one can be planted based on distances from driveways, streetlights, and hydrants. The applicant is applying for a variance from the city's landscape standards and specification guidelines, which states that when a building is not on the property line, a landscape planter, a minimum of four feet wide, clear inside dimension, shall be required along all side and rear property lines. Per the proposed site plan, there is a landscape planter between one foot 7.5 inches wide and two feet 8.5 inches wide along the southern property line, which does not meet this requirement. However, the applicant does provide additional landscaping islands in the parking lot along the drive-through lane and at the south side of the proposed building. Staff made rough calculations based on the site dimensions and concluded that the total square footage of the proposed landscaping exceeds the minimum square footage required by the municipal code. For lighting, the site plan proposes four new freestanding light poles with cobra head LED light fixtures in a dark brown finish. Per the fixture specifications, the LED fixtures will be 4,000 Kelvin. A condition of approval will require the applicant to install all lighting to direct control and screen the lighting to prevent offsite spillage onto adjoining properties 
and shall not be a nuisance to any point beyond the boundaries of the property. That is the conclusion of the report. Staff is available to answer any questions, and I will mention that representatives from the applicant team are in attendance this evening. Thank you. Great. <clears throat> Thank you. Are there questions regarding the staff report at this time? Okay. Seeing none, um, if the applicant wishes to come forward to give a brief presentation, it's entirely up to you. Just please state your name for the record. My name is Jim Christopoulos. Uh, I'm trying to bring a uh, Chicago-based uh, restaurant that my grandfather started in 1939. We're known for <coughs> Polish sausage uh, sandwiches, pork chop sandwiches, uh, hot dogs, hamburgers. Uh, we also have a chicken and a fish. I'm going to bring an Italian beef also. But it's, uh, what I'm trying to do is bring something close to home. I've lived in Southern California most of my life. I take care of the uh, hot dog stand in Chicago that we have there for the last uh, 18 years. And so <clears throat> I live in Tustin. I'm just trying to bring something that's uh, within 10 minutes from my house. I need a drive-through, which I think causes most of the problems with landscape and whatnot to afford to build the building that I want to build. You know, this building <clears throat> is, I want something that's architecturally significant, something you can see, sorry, something you'll see when you drive by, something that's noticeable, something that will draw people in. Um, <clears throat> we're a quick service restaurant, so we're going to be quicker than, uh, than most. Uh, I don't plan to fill that drive-through lane up with 11 cars like it's designed for. I'm hoping three to five at most, but you know, get them in and out and uh, serve them good Chicago food that you can't get here. I'm actually gonna ship in the sausages and the hot dogs because those are our proprietary uh, ingredients or uh, food items. That's all I have to say. Okay. Any questions, questions. for the applicant at this time? Go ahead. Go ahead. It uh, says in the staff report that you are planning to operate 24-7. Is... I, I left it 24-7 because if you look at the street, the, there's a Carl's Jr.'s across the street that's 24-7. The Taqueria always 24-7. The Winchell's is 24-7. I don't, I don't see the street having that kind of traffic. I just didn't want to uh, pigeon, pigeonhole myself into one set of time. You know, time. I'm thinking realistically 7 or 8 a.m. till about 10 or 11 p.m., but I didn't want to uh, put that in there. I see. Okay. Thank you. I actually have a question, um, probably for the architect, about the the grade of the parking lot. Maybe there's. A... Hi. Since Good evening. I. Hi. And did you fill out a card by any chance? I did. Okay. Great. So. And what is your name, sir? Uh, Pedram Shukati from Architects Orange. Yes. Thank you. Um, since I couldn't, it was hard to stop in traffic and see the site. I cheated and I was over at Arthur's in the parking lot so that I could see. And I noticed a big grade change between Arthur's parking lot, which extends into that little notch out of the back of yours, and your lot. And I was wondering if you knew about a grade, the grade change between the back of your lot and the residential lots behind you. Do you know? Uh, there is a great change. Actually, the site uh, gradually goes down from the front all the way to the back, and mm -hmm. um, all the rainwater goes back, and there is a sump pump to push it back out in the front. Uh, so we're trying to fix that grade and put an eight-foot wall along the south, uh, west property mm -hmm. uh, for um, 
noise shielding, basically. So are you going to fill that gradient? Because, yeah, it's kind of an unusual lot, but it's an old, it's an old lot, isn't it? Correct. It so, so are you so, going to just fill to make it more like a... Well, this is... Um, the, the grading is still in progress, but the intent is uh, to not collect all the water in the back. Exactly. Yeah, okay. because that's a problem with some pump that needs to, you know, work constantly to move So the do water you know out. what the grade change is between the back of your lot and the residential properties behind your um, lot? I'm not sure. Do you know? No. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to have to be a known thing because if it's a retaining wall, you need to design a retaining wall. I mean, you'll need to oh, uh, know that. Do, there is, is there a great I, I don't think there was. Yeah, there is a wall in the residential side, and we will we are building another one in our property, eight feet tall. Right, so eight feet measured from your new grade, from, which will from be From our grade, which is higher than residential. Okay, so... Your future grade will be higher than what's there now, and it will be higher than the neighbors the behind you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, I want to understand that a little better if I can sure. keep yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there is an existing wall there now, but you're building one next to it on your property? So th that one is not in our property. That's in the neighbor's property. So we are building another one. Uh, in our property, eight feet tall. I need to understand that a little better. Are they side by side? Yes, is one, they are. And one will be higher than the other. Yes. And yours is eight feet. Our, uh, we were asked to build an eight foot right. wall. Yes. But we don't know how much higher that is than the wall currently. Um, the no. current wall is probably about five to six feet tall. No, what I'm interested in knowing is how much wall the neighbor's going to gain over the existing wall that they have now. Oh, um, I would say three, three feet. It'll go up three feet yeah. approximately from where it is now. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking on the plan on um, zero 04, sheet zero 04, and it's called out as a five foot four inch high CMU wall, and it's dimensioned 10 and 5 eighths inches behind the property line. So the five foot four inches high is from probably the existing grade. I'm just sort of guessing that the existing grade back there probably flushes out with the neighbor's property because those were all residential properties right. done together right. back mm -hmm. in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, if you look at that portion, our property line and the, the location of that wall, there is a gap. Yeah. Right? So our wall will be along the property line inside okay. have, have you attempted to coordinate with the neighbors on that wall? I believe the property owner has already talked to the uh, residences on the west side. Well, you, you have to come up to the mic and speak to us. And part of the reason I bring this up is I also believe that our city ordinance prohibits walls within 12 inches of one another. Is that correct? That's correct, Chair. So we, we want to make take sure. A look at a, a little bit closer once. Yeah. Uh, we know the particulars. I I don't think we were aware of the parallel wall condition. 
Okay. okay. I talked to the homeowner on the northern end of, there's two homes back there. So kind of where the middle line is, the little, the way the wall. Is, is that a property line coming in in the middle there where you have the little jog on the fence? I, I, I believe it is. I'm not 100% certain, but I just know there's two homes. I don't know where it matches up, but the, the gentleman on the northern end, I told him we have to build a wall on our side. And he says, that's fine. Can you take down my wall? I said, well, what if I provide you the trash can to dump your wall and, you know, something like that? Because it sounds like he wants to remove his wall. I didn't talk to the people on the southern side. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> my understanding is we have to build on our property. That's why we can't. Yeah, sure. And there's, sure. And, and I do believe it's flush through because I was told that when it rains really heavy, if the sump pump's not on, it floods into... Uh, into their backyard or their pool okay. or garage or something. Okay. Well, we can talk a little bit more about that. We're, this committee is always very sensitive when these commercial developments along Tustin redevelop with single family residential right behind it and what that impact is to them. So that's why we're trying to understand real clearly how this integrates with the wall that they may have now, what it's going to be when you're done, and so on and so forth. So that, that's the basis of my okay. inquiry there. So, Chair, I actually have a question, um, and I've, had, I've drawn a diagram. Yeah. And I wonder if it would be okay if the um, staff could put this up on the screen. Sure. It's not beautiful, but it's a quick diagram. No, no judging here. So because I'm trying to get my mind around... Um, what's happening. So I've drawn on there the five foot four inch high wall that is existing on the neighbor's property. And, and, and do we know if the, is it we, the same wall between these two residential? It is the same wall. Yes. It doesn't change from one property to the other. No, uh, I believe I provided some pictures of the existing condition. I don't have it in my package. Okay, so now it's, we're not seeing the whole thing. So maybe it needs because the new wall too, is so tall. Big. Okay, so, so the existing wall is sitting on the existing grade, which is the lower line. And then you're raising the grade in your property. We don't know how much. And then you're going to build an eight-foot wall on top of that. And the eight-foot, if that's measured from your side, it could be substantially taller than... You know, depending, you said it might stick up three feet, but that's if it's measured from the existing grade. If that, it's measured from that wall needs to go all the way to the existing grade. So Okay, so the eight feet will go to the existing grade, and whatever dirt's piling up in there, which looks like a lot to me when I drove by quickly. Um, we don't have the grading plan fully developed yet. Okay. So... So let me ask a question of staff. I'm not certain how easy this is to answer. I believe that our standard now for commercial development in this context requires an eight-foot wall. I don't think the, the zoning ordinance gets into where's that eight-foot measured from, they, they whether it's on the commercial side or the it's, outbound side. It's the high side. Yeah. Eight feet on the high side. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be eight feet above the new finished grade period, whatever that is. Correct. Okay. Okay. And we don't know if it's one foot or three feet or what the, the, the grade will be increasing. Fill. Yeah. The fill. So that I, 
Okay, so we might have a couple feet of retaining diagram. wall and then yeah. eight feet on top of it. Yeah. And so in this diagram, we're seeing that gap between the walls, which will then just collect leaves and trash and possums and everybody. So I feel like this needs to be coordinated with the owner behind you, but I don't know how, or all the owners. Well, the, I think this one is probably just one. Oh, there's two properties. Yeah. Well, and I have a... a number of speaker cards here so maybe the neighbors are here and they'll speak but um, so, okay just so you know it's a question that we have. we're just trying to clarify things at this point yeah. and I, can I follow on that a little bit is this the area that we have um, the minimal um, we don't that, that we're asking for variance yes it is the same area that does oh, not oh, need. Oh, no, 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 no no that's on the side it's on the south side and then also on the north side where the L is, but I believe that's adjacent to a commercial development, correct? That's, uh, if you go to zero 01, the landscape sheets, it seems that. My understanding is that the variance is only on the north side, the south is not part of the parking area. So the north, um, just because of the odd shape of the property and um, in order to provide a two-way drive aisle parking and drive-through lane, all of that would take up the space that we have from south and north. And there is not much left for planting. And also that retaining wall is pretty tall. So our guess is that the footing should be pretty big. Um, even if we provide planting area, it would be above the footing. So nothing substantial can be planted over there. Okay, so the south side would not be addressed in the variance? Our, with our conversation uh, with the city and the planning department, um, they did not consider that as part of parking. So our variance is only, we're requesting the variance for only on the north side of the property where that jog is. Okay. Well, I'll ask for clarification from staff then, because when I look at the landscape requirements, it says that a minimum of four feet shall be required along all sides and rear property lines. And then it says if perpendicular parking is used at the property line, the minimum planter shall be six feet. Six feet so, is on the north side. Right. But what I'm getting at is, uh, regardless of whether it's parking or not, I think the code is silent in terms of what it's asking for. So just if we can get some clarification on that. If, if that's outside the variance request, we should probably know that. The it, southern ahead if you're ready to The southern it. property line is part of the variance. It is. Yes. So both Correct. north and south. Correct. And I'm noticing on the rear, it's dimensioned on the, um, on the site plan on page two that we have four foot six from the inside of the retaining wall to the curb, so that will leave four feet. <coughs> and of course, it gets bigger on the corners. Correct. Yeah. But four feet is the minimum. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that one, okay. that one hits. Okay. Um, I will have some landscape questions, certainly. Um, I have, I, um, well, no, that's a comment. Oh, wait. Should we go on to those? Or do you have, since the architect's here, do you have <coughs> architect questions? Okay. I have architect uh, comments. Okay. Um, is the landscape architect present? 
Yes. Could you go ahead and come forward? And have you filled out a card? And if so, let me know your name, please. I uh, have not filled out a card. Okay, well, I guess give me your name anyway. <laughs> okay. um, my name is Andrew Crumwitty from Architera Design Group. I've been working with Architects Orange on uh, the landscaping. And okay. uh, I'm here to answer whatever questions y'all may have. Okay, great. Um, and I have not... I have to admit, I, I, I need to check the staff report or the uh, conditions of approval. But I wanted clarification. The um, It says that there are 31 trees provided mm -hmm. in your plan. But that, I believe, includes 18 of the podocarpus perimeter that so, are planted about six feet on center mm -hmm. as uh, columnar screen trees okay um, but that's intended to be a hedge rather than a tree is that correct it's is a tree planting uh, because of the height it's going to be screening the adjacent property behind it um, well let sorry. me let me add, let me like ask hedge, let me ask this question high. in a way that you yeah. can answer is it going to be allowed to grow in a tree form, or will it be trimmed as a hedge? Uh, what's your intent? You're the designer, so what's the intention? Was that be a very tall hedge reaching tree heights? Not like it wouldn't just cover, it wouldn't just screen just the wall itself, mm -hmm. but it'd be allowed to grow up kind of like a uh, one of those uh, cypresses. Have you seen those? They grow very tall, and uh, I mean it'd be kept clean and uniform, but just due to the site constraints. And you know, asking for 31 trees, we thought this was a appropriate alternative. Okay, let me just check here. Do we have the condition in here about? Yeah, I we do. Yeah, condition number 19. So this comes a conflict with one of the conditions of approval for this project, mm -hmm. and that is that landscape maintenance shall be performed in such a manner as to allow all trees to remain their full canopy height for screening and full canopy breadth mm -hmm. for shade at point of maturity, as, except as required for safety purposes. So we're not going to allow for the 20, 30 foot, whatever the full eventual canopy would be, is what I'm hearing. It's a hedge. It's a it's it tall columnar. It into a tree yeah, hedge, yeah. yeah. And I understand you're asking about the natural canopy versus, you know. Well, the, the reason that we've added this condition is because we're running into so often mm -hmm. a requirement for trees, but then they're being trimmed to patio-sized trees, mm -hmm. which doesn't really get us to the intent of the code of having trees. And so that's why I... The spacing of these trees, obviously we can't let them grow into their natural form. Um, but that is a condition of approval. So we'll, we'll have to figure out how, how that registers. Um, but that would remove, if, if those are not considered trees because they can't be maintained to this condition of approval, and we want to, if we want to include that condition here, we have control over that. But that removes 18 of these trees, so more than half of the tree count goes away. Um, the other question I have regarding trees is the, um, 
We don't have a full sign package in our submittal. Um, there are two driveways, and I believe the closest, uh, maybe staff can answer, that the street tree can't go close to the driveway. But you have two driveways on the property. Have you thought about siting that street tree and whether that's really feasible or not? I don't see that it is. It's my understanding when we're looking at the street tree requirements and what we need to do to replace it, especially with certain... Uh, you know, setbacks with the drive and line of sight right, and all that. Right. At the time when I looked at it, it did not seem possible. Right. And I believe that's why in our response to the city, we yeah. said, you know, if upon uh, reflection on it, they want one, we can work with it. But okay. it didn't seem likely. Okay. And in lieu of that, the only real tall tree we have is the Washingtonian at the corner of the site otherwise we have no trees at the front as recommended in our landscape standards correct right the washington filifera so the california palm at the corner that's kind of the specimen tree when we we're looking at you know if you see the elevations of the jim's original googie architecture and then the signage that's going to be placed on the site uh -huh. so that way uh, those driving by can actually see the advertisement and you know be aware of the uh, the project itself. If we put large trees in front of it, it would kind of obstruct from this really kind of unique architecture and the signage. So that was our intent with that. Um, but we did want to place, you know, nice flowering accent trees in the interior, so at least through the drive-through mm -hmm. and, you know, where people will spend some of their time, it will look aesthetically pleasing. Okay. Okay. Um... Any other questions for the landscape architect no. while he's up here? Okay. I do, I do. Okay. Um, so I also noted that the Tababuya and the Arbutus are not very large scale trees. So no. we're not getting much in the way of um, mitigating urban heat island effect mm -hmm. um, and providing shade. Um, do you believe there is space to put in some uh, larger species where you have those two particular species designated? For those tree species, we can certainly place larger uh, trees. I think what it comes down to is some of the larger canopy trees don't have quite the nice floral aesthetic. I mean, they're In the nature of the site itself because it is irregularly shaped and you had to make room for the drive-through and for walkability and all that it does make it hard to add much more or many more trees however yeah i think those are drawn at about like 15 20 feet on center for the arbutus and the tababuya if you wanted something like 30 feet on center we probably fit a few in the center uh, landscape medians in there by replacing those, but um, at least for, you know, much more shade uh, mediation, I don't know how much more we get uh, currently. So you just have a suggestion, maybe instead of these two palm trees, we can- We can add more yeah, shade. Yeah, bigger shade trees. 
Yeah. I think part of the decision why we're looking at some palm trees is like an Orange County code or you know, landscape uh, code. It was asking us to look at the adjacent landscape properties and plant material used to keep it cohesive. I think there was definitely like California pan palms there and it kind of went with the kind of California googie architecture that was kind of like you know a staple of the early uh, 20th or mid 20th century. So the trees are flexible. Um, really, you know, depends on what you guys are looking for, and then how we can fit this variance, get it through. So, so what I'm looking for is to get you as close as we can to the count mm -hmm. for full canopy trees. Mm -hmm. um, and you're at, I believe it was 13 now. Um, if there really isn't room to increase that count, we could perhaps consider offsetting the count with um, something with a larger canopy mm -hmm. that's gonna is gonna provide more shade. So, um, and then I have another question, which is at the north, e uh, sorry, sorry, the southeast corner. You have a little landscape um, pocket up next to the uh, sidewalk. Mm -hmm. That looks like you might be able to fit one more palm tree. Would that would a palm tree fit there? You know, I believe it would be possible. I I think what we were originally intending is with the the street lighting there. Is oh, generally there's okay. like a setback about twenty feet, yeah, okay. so you don't it runs into maintenance issues later on. Um, so we were just kind of following these general standard rule of thumb there. It it looks like it's on your property though, um, yeah. rather than the, than a street. Or the lighting, the light. Your better. lighting, yeah. okay. But that lighting presumably could move um, a little bit farther back from the, the sidewalk, perhaps, and still accomplish the same. Um, or you're trying to illuminate, because you, I, want, I know you want to illuminate the drive apron so that mm -hmm. drivers exiting can see pedestrians that might be on the sidewalk. But you've got another light on the other side um, uh, that's actually a little bit closer to the driveway. So I'm just trying to figure out how we can, how we can get um, a better configuration on, on trees here. Why don't, why don't we go ahead and go to public comments okay. and then... Certainly, yeah. Um, we can kind of digest some of this, yeah. the answers to the questions that we have here. Um, thank you. You can have a seat. Sure. One more question for staff. Is the number of cars included in the queue, is that a requirement or, or, or is city given direction toward that count? I guess is that a city driven number or an applicant driven number? So obviously the applicant is proposing 11 and my understanding is that um, staff had from our traffic uh, team had given them some guidance as far sure. as how many to accommodate. Okay. Just to avoid spill out onto the street. Sure. Yeah. sure. Okay. No, that answers that. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go to public comments then. I have three speaker cards on this. Um, if anyone else wished to speak, I need that card now. Uh, first on the list is John Binford. If you want to come forward, and again, you have three minutes. And behind him is Andre Pauls. Actually, I have four speakers, it looks like. 
Go right ahead. When you're Hi, ready. I'm John Binford. I and Andre were the two uh, residences behind the property. Uh, so we can explain a couple of things about this a little bit. The, your questions about the parking lot grade are very sharp because right now the grade slopes to the back and every time we have a heavy rain it floods my backyard, his backyard, and my garage. That's happened on multiple occasions when the Italian restaurant was there and they basically ignored it because their sump pump didn't work most of the time. Okay, So that's one issue. It was our understanding that the lot's going to be built up so that it drains more to the front or to the street somehow. So we'd appreciate that. We're, we're both very much in favor of the restaurant. We think it's, we can't wait to get rid of the old buildings that are there and put something up that's nice like this. Uh, the other thing is, is the, we're concerned about the height of the wall back there. Um, the higher, the better, as far as we're concerned. We want to make sure that someone from the restaurant side can't look over the wall, first of all. It was our understanding that that eight-foot height was from the ground all the way up, and that included the retaining wall, but we're not, we have a question about that too. How high is the wall going to be? The uh, walls that we have there, because of their poor quality, once the new wall is built, we're going to tear those down and get rid of them. Okay, they're going to go away quickly <laughs> because there's not much holding them up. So um, I guess that was our question, mainly how high the walls are and what's going to happen with that. Plus we were interested in the vegetation that was going to be placed back there. The hedge, hedge or tree, as long as it grows up above the walls, that's a great idea, we think. We're in favor of that. Okay. Okay. That's, that's all Great. we had. But concern is how high is the wall going to be? <laughs> so, Great. Okay. Thank you. So next is Andre Pulse, and behind him is Susan Pulse. I don't know if I'm saying your name correctly. You can chastise me if not. <laughs> it's Andre Pulse. Okay. And Thank I'm you. directly behind. Oh, John I and see. My yes. Name. Okay. Um, I was just curious to the height of the wall as well. Um, and is the, is the wall going to be lined up with the existing wall from the hotel and go across? Because it's almost three feet back from our wall, my wall. Okay. So I want to know if it's going to follow that same line. Okay. Well, we're, we're asking those questions. So okay. Well, we'll hopefully and, uh, have an answer. And I'd like to know the hours of operation too because I don't really want to hear... Um, somebody going through the drive-through at midnight or or one o'clock in the morning either because it's going to get my dog a little excited and it's okay. going to excite the neighbors. That's really all I have. Okay, great, thank, thank you. you. And Susan Pels. Actually, I'm good. <laughs> okay, uh, the last one I have here it's not on my screen, but maybe I have the wrong uh, Jeff Rabbit. Oh, that's, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I see the card is marked here. Had it in the wrong stack. Thank you. So that is all we have for speaker cards. Um, so we've, we've asked some questions. I don't know if you have more questions. Like I say, we kind of have to digest and clarify everything that um, we have in front of us. Um, I guess I want to share for the the question regarding hours. Um, that is a land use issue that will be dealt with at the Planning Commission. We cannot um, really get into limiting the hours. Um, there, was, there was a discussion of this earlier. It sounds like it's a little bit up in the air at the moment, but that will be finalized with with the Planning Commission. 
So for any neighbors who have concern with that, you'll wanna stay with the project and follow it to the next level um, where that gets discussed and decided because that's outside of what we look at. Um, I didn't want you to think we were ignoring the, the issue. Um, so I don't know if there's any other questions now based on the information we've been given. I certainly have some comments. Okay. I, I have a I have a small a small question about the uh, transformer and the and the bollards. They're they're very lively looking um, elements there. And I was wondering, is this a standard thing that uh, the yellow bollards are required, and is that really the green that it's going to be painted? Um, so um, yeah, we're getting the we color. don't know the exact size of the transformer yet. So. We'll get to that once we go to a construction document. But as a rule of thumb, uh, that's the clearance required around it. It's not the trans what you see as that box. It's not the actual size of it. It's the clearance required around it. Uh, the bollards, uh, we can limit them only to the drive-through. So the cars, if they go out of lane, they don't hit the uh, transformer. And the color can be really anything. I'm looking at sheet um, 07, the colored colored elevations, and also the, um, I guess it's also showing, yeah, we've got a, we have the bright yellow bollards and the bright green transformer, and I just, is that conceptual? Uh, that's a placeholder for now. Yes. It's a placeholder, so what, do you think that they would be uh, a more neutral Looking. Um, we can definitely change the color of the bollards to anything. Uh, the size of the transformer depends on Southern California Edison and sure. the, the requirement they have for access around it. Right. I'm just concerned about the finishes. Yeah, for, sure. Um, so. The bollards can be bronze, so it matches the light poles. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. And I have some data to share. Sure, go right ahead. So it's regarding landscaping. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I did this exhibit to go over all the square footages of parking, landscaping, uh, uh, sidewalk, building, and all that. And uh, uh, just to give you an idea how much landscaping we are providing in respect to the parking area and the overall site. So um, the, the overall landscaping is 3,790 square feet, and that is 18% of the total site, which is 20,702. So basically we are 1,720 square feet over the 10% requirement for the overall site. And then for the parking field landscaping, which does not include the perimeter landscaping area. Uh, we're providing 1,333 square feet. Uh, and in relation to the parking field, which is 9,668, we're providing almost 14%, 4% over the minimum requirement, which is 366 feet, uh, square feet of landscaping. So for whatever it's worth. Okay. Thank you. Who'd like to go first? 
I wouldn't mind going first. Go right ahead. Um, first of all, I want to really commend the approach to the project that you are doing sort of a Googie style um, kind of uh, responding to the neighboring property. I think it'll really animate, I mean, let's face it, the motel really animates the street right now. And, and this will just add to that. I think that it is, um, it is uh, well conceived as a concept and the, um, you know, it's a very active facade. Um, I have, so in general, I commend the architecture. I have a couple of issues. Oh, in fact, this is a good screen. I was looking at interelevation, I mean, the extra elevations. I always prefer to look at the drawn elevations than I do the renderings because the renderings can be somewhat inaccurate depending on who did the rendering and, you know, <laughs> as far as accuracy. But you can see here, I have an issue um, with some little details, and one of them is the um, this bracket detail that's seen here on the patio cover on the steel structure, I feel it's um, not really in character with the Googie sort of theme that you have going on. And um, it, it has a little bit more of a sort of a traditional sort of form to it. And the level of detail, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing it being consistent, you know, on the building. So that's an issue that I would like to see either just removed or revised to be more Googie would be maybe to put a bracket that has a, a hole cut out of it or something. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I, you know something that's a little more. Um, I'm I'm thinking of some googie car washes in LA that are gone now, but you know they had they had holes cut out of the web, you know, of the steel. Um, the other issue I have is on elevation. Um, it's on page 06 of the architecture package, and it there's a a tall window on the north elevation that has, which wait, which way, that's actually the south elevation, isn't it? I'm confused. Oh, yes, it is, you're right. I think the north elevation is actually the right. south. Yeah, which is on the south side. No, of it's the on the south side. The canopy is in the front, so the names right, are reversed right. there, the elevation. Am I crazy? Our label. No, you're right. You the see, labels. You see that? Okay. So what's called the North Elevation, which is actually, I think, on the south side, um, the tall building that goes two stories, and it's in the sort of like in the elevator lobby of the two-story portion of the project. And I'm concerned um, that when the floor is framed in there, it doesn't line up with the mullions. And at first I thought, oh, maybe there's a bridge like system of floor in there, and that maybe it's a two-story space right where this window is, but I don't think there, that it is. And so I do have concerns about that, um, how that window would read. We had a similar situation last time with the glass block, somebody. So, um, but, but if there was, and it is the side of the stairs that you could actually pull the flooring back there and make that window clear through there. Do you know if that was, was that your intent? You have, you have to come to the mic. You'd have to go to the mic. I'm sorry, now I'm asking you a question. So think about. Yeah. Probably the most time consuming aspect of the project of to course. get to where we are right now. Yeah, I understand. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I think realistically we would have 
two millions, one at, on top of the finished floor, one at the bottom, whatever that thickness of the floor is. And okay. it could be either spangled glass and then the rest can go clear. Okay. Yeah. So it wouldn't be an evenly um, spaced thing. Oh, it's happening actually on the opposite elevation as well on the other side of the elevator tower. So that would just be um, sort of more of a um, so, asymmetrical uh, grid kind of breakup of millions instead of... On the bottom right elevation, you see a dashed line of where the floor mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Right? So the million would go over there. Yeah. Then one maybe 16 inches down below it. And uh, I have to see if we, we can divide whatever is left from the ground floor to, mm -hmm. to the top of ceiling and uh, whatever is left on the second floor. Yeah. That would be divided into two sections or we would have two tall windows from floor to ceiling. Right. And the other side, you have a door height with a million at it. So you might want to hold that. I don't know. And then you'd have to, you sort of have sort of an asymmetrical grid going on that could be nice. But I'm just saying, we'll just make that a condition that you kind of clean that up a little bit. But so, so those are my ish, only issues with the building. Do we do building and then side? Yeah, let's do Should building do first. Okay. So with the building, those are my concerns. Thank you, I, I actually have some window comments. Um, so I'm, I'll go ahead and go um, continue with the window conversation. Um, I just want to share with the committee that I have some concern over the windows to the rear. Um, we're, we're always looking at, you know, what that means into adjacent yards. But um, particularly because of the proposed grade change that we're talking about, um, and it's a ways, it's, it's definitely pushed a ways away from the residential use, but it's high and it's two-story. And I'm concerned what those upper level windows are going to be at night. And are we looking directly at light fixtures that are on all night long from this building? So um, just want to make sure that we're thinking about that and um, considering that. Um, the rest of the building I'm perfectly fine with. I guess I perceive those brackets as perhaps a reference to the L. Is that okay? Um, so, um, okay. So pulling in, okay, yeah, I got yeah, a visual yeah. on that. So this is Googie all train. I don't know. Googie, we'll, 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 there's not a lot of Googie in Chicago, is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, not a, not not a, not a, beside the L train, probably. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we'll we'll talk about that. But um, hmm. yeah, I figured that was a personal um, preference there. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll mm -hmm. we'll take that into account. I think that's all I have for the architecture. Otherwise, I'm very pleased with the architecture, the palette. Um, I, and I think because of the context that it's going into, it's perfectly fine. But I do want us to make sure, with as we have, with all of these commercial developments along Tustin, that we're remaining very sensitive to the uses behind. Um, so that that's all I have for building. Do you have anything for architecture? I have to say, I love the architecture, and I'm so glad Thank to see you. that we someone's moving beyond Pomo <laughs> in this town. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm just really pleased with it. Um, and you probably are aware that the Sky Palm next door is undergoing a renovation. And okay. so it's, it's really going to be a really nice pair there on the street. Um, my concerns are the same as those that have been mentioned um, by myself and my um, colleagues um, about the trees and um, about the lighting. I um, had asked staff in advance of the meeting if the neighbors report lighting problems or sound problems. Is there any, do we need to add a condition? And um, the lighting problems are already um, included in one of the conditions um, that uh, if the neighbors come back and report that there's a problem, then the applicant needs to come back and change those. Um, and I was, uh, did have a question that staff already has answered. Um, despite the fact that you need the variance for where the landscape is, um, was there was there enough to meet what the square footage uh, calls for in the codes? And I got I heard the answer is yes on that, so I'm relieved about that. So it's really um, the number and scale of trees, and then. Um, what the effects are in the neighbors that are my outstanding concern. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and talk about site and landscape. Just go ahead and put those two together. Okay. Uh, well, as I mentioned before in, in the in the site, I do want to see the transformer and the bollards um, made a, a more compatible and neutral color, not, not to be um, as shown, which I, I don't think is, is good enough. I don't have a solution for the for the trees, but I have noticed on Tustin Street where we have so much trouble with the street trees, uh, the places where the tree where there are adequate trees that give give shade and canopy, they are planted in they're they're not planted on the street. They're planted um, on the uh, on the private property in their they're in a landscaped area, and then they are allowed to get larger. Even the palm trees, there's a huge difference between the, the palm trees that are used as street trees and the palm trees that are used on, on the uh, individual properties. Uh, I, I understand the, the aesthetic compatibility of the, the um, California palms, but I, you know, I wonder if we need to update to a more, if we're going to use palm, a more substantial uh, canopy um, type I don't know. I don't know what the what the answer is, but I definitely agree that that there's a problem with um, not an not enough shade, not enough substance uh, to the trees. It doesn't have to be hit the number necessarily, but it has to provide the screening and the shading that is the point of of the landscape requirements. So I'm I'm uh, listening to the conversation. Are you wanting to go next? Sure. Yeah, I agree with my colleagues um, about the landscaping. I'm not going to just repeat. But I, I do have real concerns about this wall height. And with the neighbors uh, who are here, and they're the people I'm concerned for, if the wall height is eight feet high from the new property grade from, the, from this subject property, that'll be fine. Um, if it turns out that it's... 10 feet high for the neighbors 
and they're okay with that, then I won't be concerned. If it turns out it's 15 feet high for the neighbors, are they okay with that? We don't know. I mean, we, we have no idea how much grading they're filling in there. And I feel like it's, it's a fair substantial amount because I was on Arthur's parking lot, that, the part that juts in there, and I felt like I was towering over the, over the property. So it's not just a couple feet. I mean, it's, and I'm surprised you guys don't know this, that we have like some kind of idea of how much dirt you're bringing in or what that grade change is gonna be. Um, but for me, I, if, if the owners are, if the adjacent neighbors are conceptually okay with any height, then I wouldn't feel compelled to ask for this project to come back with that just for that wall height. But if they are concerned with any height, then I think we owe it to them that we would need to look at this more closely with how, what the impact on them is gonna be for these walls. Um, so I don't know if it's, it's sort of not something we've usually done is, is engage a neighbor at this point in the discussion, but there's only two people that are impacted by this wall as far as I see it. And if they're okay with an unknown height on that wall, then I would be okay with it. Okay. You know well, what I mean? We'll see if we so get we'll to see. a point okay. where we're moving toward that, yeah. Anything else? Um, no, I share, I share the concerns about the, the landscape buffer um, on, you know, that there's um, kind of inadequate landscape, but actually the way I see it dimensioned on the site plan, there's actually six feet of planter on the north side and um, four feet minimum on the west side. I can't, yeah, and four feet minimum also on the both little west sides, the both segments of the west side. So it's just the south side that is inadequate, but it's kind of mitigated by the fact that there's another wide planter across the drive aisle with trees in it. So it almost kind of like adds to that impact. And the impact being against the parking lot of the um, motel, which I also remember com them coming through here and they had a very, very minimal <laughs> landscape along that wall as well. I don't know why I remember that because they were actually doing the diamond carve outs for adding trees. But, but I almost um, feel like in this case, it's because it's, let's face it, anything can change on neighboring properties. But um, in this case, since there is a wider planter just right across the drive aisle, that's much more lushly planted. I'm, I'm feel like that helps to mitigate that. So I'm, I'm not as concerned with that inadequate size on that, that planter. Okay, that leaves me. Um, I would agree that I, I um, would need to have an understanding of what the wall situation is um, because we've got, um, well, quite frankly, we've got a proposal on the paper that doesn't meet our municipal code. So it um, needs to be resolved because it will have to be resolved somehow. Um, so I, that's one area. I have two areas of concern with the property, with the project right now. Um, as I say, the architecture, the concept, all of that, the um, very generous drive-through, I, I think, are all things that the community... Um, can wrap our hands around and be happy with. Um, I want to be very sensitive to the single family use behind. 
both in terms of uh, what we're planting there, how we're handling the wall, like I already said, but also the rear of this building, um, that it's going to two-story and it has high windows that, you know, one of my pet peeves is driving around, um, I talk about this frequently here, driving around and seeing these buildings where the stair tower is glazed and the architect thought they were doing something so great here to have this soaring two-story window, but all we really see at night is the hideous fluorescent lights on the second-story ceiling. So I want to make sure that that's not what we're giving the people behind to, to look at. I never specify anything over 3,000 Kelvin. Okay, but I just I want to make sure that we're not giving huge expanses of glass. <laughs> Uh, what can you say for the, the large, expansive glass upstairs, west-facing, on the front of, of the building? What's, what's I, I can look at the floor plan, but what's happening behind that? It's an office. So we probably have suspended lighting in there? Um, it's, interior is not designed yet, but uh, we can add roller shades easily to... Kind of well, yes, but that requires people to put those down at night, right? Mm -hmm. Or we could add permanent aluminum louvers on the front, I mean, exterior side of it. Okay. Okay, well, we can talk about that. That's just my concern. I don't know if the others share the same level of concern. And there. it can't be a suspended ceiling because you have um, right, the, trapezoidal a, windows following a, the roof line. It's a thin plate. So with, I imagine there would be some more decorative. Yeah, there won't be any attic space. Uh, yeah. We just have the roof yeah. thickness. So, yeah. 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 And this has windows on the front. And then we have, again, the labeling. So on the north, there's quite a bit of glazing. Well, a large window. I shouldn't say that quite like that. OK. OK, so we can, we can talk about what that Western glazing means. So thank you. The rest of my questions are related to landscape. Um, when I do the math, if we don't count the podocarpus, which I'm not willing to count as trees because they're not going to be grown. You can have a seat, sir. The, the um, podocarpus are not going to, you, you, don't, you don't have to come up. Thank you, though. Um, they're not going to be grown as trees, so I don't want to count them as trees. Mm -hmm. um, that brings us down to 13 in my math, which I was never good at, but I think I can probably handle this. So 19 is required, 13 is where we're at. 30, 31 is provided. Well, why does it say 19 required? Oh, you're on the, that little cheat sheet. Staff report doesn't. Could I get clarification from staff then? Because the zoning chart tells us that the or table says that there are 19 trees required unless determined otherwise. And you're saying that the narrative in the staff report says 31? 30? Based on staff's calculations, 30 trees are required. Okay, so this is an error in, in the table. Oh, is attachment it, five, the table. Okay. Because it says 19 on there. So that's not the right number. It's 30, you're saying? 30 trees required. Okay, so we're talking about 13 to 30. That's a bigger deficiency than we usually like to move forward. But I want to talk a little bit more about the landscape requirements. 
I think that the landscape design that you've provided is very adequate, looks nice, it accents the building. I, I'm not upset with that at all. But as we go through, you know, these are the minimum requirements, minimum. So I understand that you're talking about that you're over on the landscape area, but I want to remind you that you're over the minimum requirement. So you're just exceeding the minimum. Um, that again, four feet wide is required around the entire property. Um, and where you have the perpendicular parking, it's six. Much of that has been met, but I just want to put that out there. And that's being addressed in um, a variance. I understand that. Trees are required throughout the project site within all parking areas and along all property lines. So this is another place we're not meeting it. Larger tree specimens are encouraged to be used along the property's street frontage. That's a recommendation, not a requirement. Shrubs are encouraged throughout the project site within all parking area setbacks and around the building footprints. I do have some concern about the amount of area where this building meets hard, hot surface. Um, and often this committee, you know, we allow it here and there, but when it gets really expansive, it creates a very harsh environment. So I don't know if you've looked at perhaps at the front or the back or somewhere, just breaking up a little bit of this area where the building hits the pavement because it is, a, it is these shrubs are required and we have, you know, kind of a, a small amount on the south side. Um, and then the tree, st street tree, I don't see that happening at all. I just, I, I don't think there's any way it's going to happen. And so I think the fact that Public Works hasn't committed to that yet, it, it really doesn't um, look as though it's going to happen. So when I look at this from the streetscape, um, it's really quite deficient in the front in terms of any trees. So I, I, I don't know how comfortable I am with the site plan that's proposed. Um, I heard the applicant talk about the site constraints, but I, I wanna remind you that this is a graded site. Any constraints that are on this site are driven by the program that you're bringing to the project. So, um, you know, the number of parking spaces, the size of the building, that's all within the control of the applicant. So, yeah, yeah. I think we're good, aren't we? It's a good question. Let's. Okay, so we're right at the the requirements, so there's there's no over-parking. And, you know, I don't know if we're over on the queuing, but what we're seeing at other drive-throughs um, in town, and I hope that this business is successful, that I don't think we want to try to squeeze landscaping out of that. Um, so the reason I bring up all of these is not to say that I think a project has to meet every single one of these in order to meet the spirit and the intent of our code. But there's quite a few areas where I think it's not getting there. And I understand sometimes on these projects where a, you know, a site plan is inherited and you're not building a new building and you kind of have to try to make it work, but that's not the case here. So I'm still struggling with the 
landscape in terms of the amount of trees that are provided, particularly the stature of the trees that are provided. Um, the variance is gonna get dealt with at Planning Commission, um, and I could support recommendation for that variance if it was made up for a little bit somewhere else. Um, but I feel that there's really still an inequity with the landscape. And then, so for me, the three outstanding items that I have concern with is not understanding the rear wall, uh, the potential of the extent of rear glazing on this building and the impact that it could have on the rear, the properties behind, and then lastly, the, the, the use of trees. The other requirement that I didn't mention is that parking is to be screened with shrubs. And we have daylily and acopanthus called out as the planting material in front of the parking. And I don't really think that that's going to screen cars at all. Those are two, those are not really shrubs and the requirement is shrubs. Um, so, I, but that's just a switch of plant material is all that is. So, so that's kind of where I am. I need convincing on those three items. So I don't know how the committee feels if are any of these things you know, how significant are they collectively, all of our issues, and can we condition those tonight, or does it go deeper than that? Um, okay, I, I'm of the thought that we might be able to talk with Landscape Architect and talk about some potential tree locations that might be able to be conditioned. Mm -hmm. And even additional planters up against the building, like up against the stairwell, you know, between mm -hmm. this transformer and, or, you know, there, there might be some discussion that we can do, but the, the site wall height at the rear of the property um, not being known, I think the only way we could get through this on a condition is to state that if it's, if it's greater than whatever, we pick a number, it's greater than X feet, then it has to come back before us or, or, or something. I mean, I don't know how that would work, but... There, I mean, there's the problem of the gap between the two walls that are there. Yeah, We've heard from the owner on one property, said he's going to take that wall down as soon as the new one's built, and then he doesn't have the gap between the walls. Um, that's kind of unusual to be able to condition disapproval on the actions of an owner on an adjacent property. But So there's just some weirdness there, but I feel like if, if that can get resolved and staff, I don't feel like it has to come back before us to get resolved. It could be something that staff could do with the applicant, yeah. you know, and just keeping in mind that maybe we have a maximum height on that wall, like from, from the neighbor's grade that that wall doesn't exceed 11 feet or, you know, pick a number. I, th and, I think we could probably define our desired outcome. And then have staff work with applicant on whether there's an agreement for the neighbors to remove a wall or you know how, how that would work and, and when they figure out how tall their wall is. Yeah, and, and does staff have anything to add? How, how do those typically, those issues get resolved when a new wall has to be built and you've got a neighbor but it's not really their problem? How do you, how do you typically deal with that? Well, I think this, this would definitely be an issue we would deal with with the parallel walls mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so we would, through the plan check process, I think when want to work with the applicant and you know, have the applicant work with the neighboring residents yeah. to come up with an agreement about okay. the removal of that wall 
and then the plans that come through plan check would reflect a single wall condition. Okay. So staff just kind of looks to confirm that everybody's on the same page and everybody agrees and whatever they work out is fine as long as everyone is satisfied with it. Is that yes, the I hope mean, I anyway? Think, I think in this particular case, we would look for some kind of mutual acknowledgement yeah. between the applicant and the neighbor. Okay. Uh, and then certainly before the project is finaled, we want to make sure that the second wall is removed yeah. and everything is integrated in a way that is a cohesive read between okay. the interface between the commercial and the residential. Okay. Sounds like this is something you can do in your sleep, though. We look at this occasionally. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That helps. Thank you. Okay, so I, I see a way forward that we could start some discussions with um, the landscape architect about, about some of these tree issues. Um, but if others are feeling like, for instance, that we don't have the four-foot planter along the south side, then that would definitely just need, we'd need to have it come back. Um, well, again, that's under application as a variance. Mm -hmm which we do not decide. I mean, I suppose we can, because it is site plan review, we can provide whether we wish to recommend the approval mm -hmm. of that or not. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I think we have to, since that's already part of the application, mm -hmm. look to staff, then, then we need to try to look at the project. Well, it's part of the application and so is the whole building. So we can make, recommend, we can make conditions um, or we can reject the design because we I, don't think I, it yeah, needs it. I guess it, you know? so. Yeah. Um, so I think if there's if the planner area is a deal breaker for the majority of the committee, then we're probably going to have to. Okay, so I'm getting some response. <laughs> no, the planner area is not the main thing. If we can if we can resolve the trees, I think the planner area is is okay. And if we approve the whole project, that means we're recommending the variance. Yeah, okay. I agree. Because okay. I was thinking conceptually, if there's some trees that could be introduced in the next to the loading zone, um, you know, that mm -hmm. west property line where there's currently uh, the podocarpus hedge, if that could be broken up like the one on the north, where there's like a tree, there's some podocarpus and then a, a canopy yes. tree. And yes. then, I mean, you might be able to get two more trees in there and and I think if there were um, larger stature trees somewhere in the back could help mitigate the number of trees. But I agree with um, committee member Scorpanish at the front, and you had mentioned it too, that the front is supposed to have some larger stature trees in it. And I really feel like um, it's very low in the front up to this building, all the way across this yeah. site, which is, yeah. you know, how wide is this site? It's like 60 plus, it's 120 feet yeah. with one palm tree and no more street trees. I just think there's gotta be something that gives. And, and I think that this architecture looks great with palm trees in front of it. And maybe you guys can agree on spotting some palm trees in there. Yeah. So maybe should we have the applicant come forward so we can- Yeah, we it? should yeah. step- and If I could uh, add a couple more comments along yeah. those same lines, I'm wondering if something like a king or queen palm would be better than the Washingtonia. Um, I also was wondering about the uh, protocarpus line next to the loading zone. 
um, whether some other trees can go in there, whether the, um, I think this is the trash receptacle, the mm -hmm. trash enclosure could move a little bit south and make room for another tree back behind it to the north of it. Um, and then finally, we could hear from the landscape architect, are there any of these locations with podocarpus where you could allow that podocarpus to grow out to its full canopy? Mm, be a tree. And that might be hard because, to, because you're dealing with, as, as our former colleague would say, it's the person who has the hedge clippers determines Yeah, Yeah, I'd be a little bit shape. afraid of yeah. that that yeah. one's just going to end up. But, but also, I wanted to just weigh in a little bit. I yeah. think the height of Podocarpus hedge definitely gives some tree credit. It might not be the full 18 that you might get credit for, but I feel as though having this much Podocarpus hedge gives you, like, on balance, it would be worth maybe three or four trees to have yeah, that. It's <laughs> just a shame that it isn't on the south side where you get where you would actually shade. Exposure. Yeah, this is going to help the Arthur's but, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Although there's going to be on the west. Yeah, be on the west. Be some. On the west. Mm -hmm. So so I feel as though definitely there should be some credit given for all these portocarpus. There's 18 of them. And maybe not f like we maybe we don't think of them as because they aren't being treated as trees per the definition of our guidelines. Um, I just feel like as a mitigating factor that, that weighs in for me a little bit. Well, they're like Italian cypress in this case. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to say that I, changing the palm tree, I think, is really important out front. We only have that one tree that has any space to, to grow to anything. And I was thinking possibly a date palm would that would be a real statement tree and could be and could be bigger. I don't know if it if it's the right aesthetic or not. But we, we, have we have nothing out. We have nothing out. Let, that's why I would like to have the landscape architect and the architect come to the podium, and we can kind of talk about what can meet their aesthetic goals and still get us yeah. a few more trees. Yes, is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Hi. Good afternoon, Chair, Committee members. Jeff Rabbit with AO. I just wanted to add to the conversation, and I completely respect where all of this is headed. And you know, our ap our applicant, the landowner, is is fully involved with trying to meet all of the requirements, obviously, of landscape, and and not certainly trying to cheat anything. And it's a matter of trying to fit it in where we can. And um, I would state that I think there's a number of places where we can up the the tree count in terms of that north or the south south edge where we've got the two larger trees among the Podocarpus hedge, I would say we could add a couple more of those there and then also on that L shape. Um, the Podocarpus could be thinned out so that it grows full height. I don't, I don't think there's any pushback on, on trying to meet whatever the requirement of landscape is. Uh, I also believe that, and I agree, that a, a palm in front is not going to distract from the signage if it's you know, a larger, taller, thinner trunked um, you know, type palm. And I also believe that there is room on the south side to the right side of the exit of the drive-through. Um, with, with us moving that light a little bit, I think we can squeeze something in there too. And I also believe that if in fact it's of the desire of the committee to condition it to make sure we make a certain tree count, I think we can accomplish. Um, it may not be the ultimate 31 count, which I think is 30, 30. 30 count, but 
you know, we're, we're anxious to move this forward and accommodate as much landscaping as we possibly can. We knew along that south, I'm sorry, I was referring to the north side, the yeah. south side, uh, where we don't meet that four-foot setback. We do have a 10-foot wall there that's existing along the hotel. And with footing issues there, we really didn't feel it was an, a, a great location to really get some good growth. So we're accommodating that wall and covering that with some hedge material, uh, uh, vine material, and and trying to dress that up and make that drive through not feel like you're going through a, you know, a, a, you know, a hard harsh edge. Um, well, I think if you could actually put a few palms in the front, that would help frame your architecture and leave that up to your discretion. I'm all in favor of saying X number of palm trees in the front somewhere, and these four four additional trees along the north and west side of the main parking area. Right. And then maybe larger stature um, in the back. We've got the pink trumpet trees. I mean, maybe those are really well, let, let me make a couple comments about that. Um, part of the reason it's going to be difficult to achieve any sizable canopies here is because we haven't allowed any interior planting space mm -hmm. on the property. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the strawberry tree, um, you know, full width on that is kind of 20 foot mi minimum, right? But if it's only a couple feet from the property line, you have to grow eight feet over onto your neighbor in order to achieve that canopy. So that's why we're, we're, we're looking at this at its full growth and saying these are going to be kept small because... because yeah, there's a 10-foot wall adjacent because, to yeah, that. Yeah, because there just isn't the space for them to, to, to uh, develop that full canopy. So, you know, even the trees, the two large trees that are shown across the north, you know, 30% of that tree is hanging over the neighbor's mm -hmm. property. Mm -hmm. So but that's really only a strawberry tree, a Arbutus marina, which is not a big tree. It's a more it's a it's a right. It's yeah. a slow grower, and yeah, it's not going to be a huge stature tree. So I I'm almost more of the thought of palms out, and where these two palms are at the at the entry to inside the of the the loop that maybe that's where the larger stature tree goes, so that the palm trees are less of a, rely less on the neighbors because they have a, you know, smaller crown. But it gives us this tree line that we're trying to achieve. of the building, and also um, it would mitigate views up into the windows of the second floor that's by the neighbors. That's what I'm thinking as well. And, yeah, so if that, I mean, how do you guys feel about that, those two palms kind of at the entry to the queue? Reversing the approach. That there. was a large stature tree. It's a fairly decent sized planter. Sure. So just so I can make sure I understand what you were saying with the palms, is that almost because the palm canopy is a little bit easier to uh, maintain and it's not going to grow into the adjacent property, that the perimeter if we address them with a variety of palms that complemented the architecture, there might be a way for us to, to fit in the tree requirement. And then on the interior where we have the room for the wider canopies, 
to get a more uh, kind of substantial shade effects in there. Well, and, and I guess where you should understand our, our, our thinking behind this, we often don't get to the number, and we understand mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so that's we're we're not seeing this number as the only way to you know achieving that number is the only way to approve this project. But when we fall short and when we fall very short, we then start to say, okay, well, rather than four small trees, give us one giant tree mm -hmm. to mitigate the loss of this canopy and the shade and you know this tree line and all of these things that. Um, we look for in having trees in these developments. Um, so that's that's where our mind is going right now is how do we get the most bang for our buck in terms of size with the limited space that's been left um, to, to do it in? And, and I would further suggest that I, I do like the inside radius of the, the drive-through ordering line for... A, a big species, but also that northeast corner that now has the palm um, to put the same large species there. And then if you wanted to put some more of the lacy palms along uh, the front of the building and at the southeast corner, you'd still have that look for the for the frontage. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a nice idea to swap out. Um, the palms for the perimeter. So if we could um, talk about these numbers, I yes. like that idea. Mm -hmm. If we take away the two Arbutus at the north and, and then you guys put in six palms along that L, mm -hmm. so now four along the north and two on the west. Right. We take out the two palms, put in one big, I don't know, tree of choice, large stature, shade tree, mm -hmm. which is repeated here at the front where the, the big palm is beautifully rendered and <laughs> looks nice on the on rendering but mm -hmm. then um and then you add three palm trees to the front yard area south of the main parking lot and somewhere in there you get three palm trees mm -hmm. and they're, they could be clustered together they could be yeah space apart you know but it would it would kind of help animate your architecture and that would give us i had one two oh, three okay, i don't one, know two, i was three. saying okay. Okay. if they did three Okay. So that would add, so we're, we're adding two, Six, seven, eight, nine. Adding four here, we're adding three here, and then we're got removing a, one here. You got a total of six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, instead of the thirteen. Right. So now that we're at two thirds rather than being less we than want half. Palm and then this. I say thirteen, and then I think you should add in the idea that. All these podocarpus together can still give you. I don't like, care about the number. I just care yeah. about the effect in the end. So, so my question, though, is if we want a large canopy inside this, are we looking for palms along the edge, along the outside, the so that trees? so that we're not causing that tree to be kept small? What do you think? And uh, it's also and, and so more of them could be sure. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and drop it on there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're and trying so, to get you to yeah. the finish line tonight. So yeah. we're kind of making sausage here, but let's. <laughs> it fits. <laughs> and Mr. Chair, I would add that. Oh, sausage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not allowed at funerals anyway. Okay. Let's see what he's got. <sighs> so um, we can add a strip of uh, landscaping here and push the uh, 
transformer further closer yep. to the building and have one, two, three, four, five, six shade trees here. Have two palms in the corner, two smaller shade trees here, and then one shade tree in the corner, perhaps uh, two palm trees to kind of yeah. frame that enclosure, and then four larger trees along the north. Uh, one tree here, remove the, um, uh, the light pole further to the right, mm -hmm. so perhaps the light pole can be here. Mm -hmm. okay. And then uh, along the front of the property, we have uh, one uh, palm tree here and then two more here. Although I have to point out, this location, we have fire department connection and a fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. So I do need to coordinate with them to see if adding a tree over there works. For them. May not work, okay. So. Well then if you can't get it there, then can you put two in front of the building? Right. Uh, like in a cluster, we, like two together or something. We have a sign here. Yeah. But what about like south of the patio? Like in that little area up here. against the building, yeah. Uh, it, it would have a conflict with the... Mm -hmm. uh, with the, the trellis. Mm -hmm. the, trellis. Oh. the L. Yes. <laughs> or the V. Okay. Um, okay. Um, just, I, I want to... Yeah. Jump to a, mm -hmm. a, a different subject for just one second. There is an existing street tree now. Yes. It's being removed for this project. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, I need to see two trees in front of this building then. I do too. I, I realize you got a sign there, but um, we don't want to go backwards, you know, with planting. We, so. Washingtonian Robusta. We requirements as far as how to place it, and we need to have minimum distances to certain things I can't remember exactly. Yeah. When I was looking at the site plan and measuring, we couldn't really provide those. Minimum no, distances. I understand that. But what I'm talking about are the two trees that we just talked about, mm -hmm. like you've shown here. Or like these two you're mm -hmm. saying. Yes. Yeah. That, and then what we had recommended, though, is in the larger planting area that that would be not a palm. Not that a palm, something, yeah. A, more a large a big stature. Shade. Yeah, so big, shade. big shade tree. So basically anything here would be shade trees. Mm -hmm. Right, and right. We concentrate those. And I think we're fine with kind of medium stature for most of those throughout the site. Mm -hmm. Interior. They're close together. That's, yeah. they have to they're, be. They're small planters. They're not going to But a big good. one up at the front planter and then a minimum of two in front of the building. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Do we ask for that drawing so that we can make conditions? Uh, what's the best way to, to do that? for staff to be able to manage this as a Well, I, I think we could read it off of the plan that he has, or we can do it looking at it like this. And then if you'd be willing to leave that with staff, we could Very we could protected. write a condition to say per the sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Everybody good with yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I would suggest. Okay. Take a picture. One more thing down. And, and then I didn't make this comment earlier, and I apologize, but... Um, I heard in the staff report that the light fixtures in the parking lot were going to be 4,000K, and I would prefer that you could do maximum 3,500. I know you sometimes need that 4,000K to hit your, to hit your, um, not decibels, what is it, lumens? Lumens. Lumens, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you, but I would like to see that not be 4,000. Okay, the 3,500, and you even said you never do more than 3,000. Uh, yeah. So well, this was done by the photometric, uh, I mean, the person who did the photometric. But yeah, we can drop it down to 3,000 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, I would just say 3,500 max. I mean, 3,500 outside in the landscape is, in on, on this kind of a street is acceptable to me. 3,000 is the max in Old Town, mm -hmm. but I think on Tustin, 3,500 mm -hmm. would be okay. But um, above that, you start turning blue and it's yeah. not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. So that's so let me ask the committee a couple other questions. Um, do we, how do we feel about the windows on the rear of the building? Again, it's only, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about the people no. in the back. I hear what and you're saying. It's, if it could be left alone and it's fine, then I'd be fine with it. But unfortunately, we, we kind of don't know. Well, what I was looking at is that it looks like the tops of those windows are approximately 22 feet high. And the distance to the back is, I think, over a hundred feet. It, there's, there's, and, there is some pushback, you know, from yeah. the. And we're just now put larger stature shade trees in there, so. And, and we're all. Comfortable. And it's not. Yeah, so it's office, so you're going to have emergency lighting on yeah. twenty four seven, yeah. And, yeah. but it won't be like super bright. What color is the glass? Is it? Is it clear or is it tinted? I'm sure that's all selected. <laughs> I haven't made a decision, but um, it, it could have a, like a bronze tint to it. Well, he probably will have some window covering because of the yeah, last elevation. I know, but the slope of the top, it's really hard that, to put a window cover. It, it is. Um, the trapezoid. Oh, and there's no horizontal. There's no bar. And, and that's the window I have a little bit more concern about um, in terms of it. Uh, yeah, I am too. To the, I am too. Rather than the Because tower. the ceiling is so close to the bottom of the header. In the other space, I think you probably have a little more ceiling height. Uh, okay. It's uh, difficult. Hmm. Does that window, do, do you need three bays on that window? If it was, like you have, um, and I see it's sort of mimicking the front facade. So you look all the way through. Well, let me throw a thought out there too, is the lower window has a horizontal break in it. The same thing in theory could happen at the top uh, with a different glazing mm. Mm. that would help shield the lights that we presume will be high. And if they're not high, then it's not such a problem. I, I don't like designing from here, but mm -hmm. we're trying to get this passed tonight. One thing that I'm also noticing, and it's probably just a drafting error, you're showing no header over the windows on the front elevation, but you are at the rear. I'm guessing that's not intentional. Ah, okay. And it'll be one or the other, right? How do you guys feel about that architecturally um, introducing a horizontal mullion upstairs to, I know it's a really nice sheet of glass, but doing it more like downstairs where you would then have a line where you can 
do, we could ask for heavily, more heavily tinted glass mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. upper so that I mean, again, so, I, just so you understand where we're, we're concerned about reduce, the high yeah, light. Or reduce the amount of windows on the back. I, we yeah. Right, that's my next step, which I hate to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. Uh, I think I really have to draw it to see how it looks. I can't fully picture it right now. But if you go, uh, we change the top portion of the window straight. Uh, and I have to match it to the lowest Point. Like if you look at the east elevation, uh, yes. the, the window on the left, the minimum height, so we go straight from that point right. over right. to the right, and anything above it would be plaster. Um, unless um, the way you've shown it on the, uh, what is it, the west elevation, I guess, where your header's a little bit lower, mm -hmm. if that were happening on the east elevation, you probably wouldn't need that horizontal on those two. You could probably start it above that lower height. You oh, know what I'm saying is yeah. the bottom never gets high enough to achieve that horizontal that happens. So the two, so when you're looking at the front of the building, you mean the two windows on the upper floor to the left would not have the horizontal bar? Exactly. And on the right, it would exactly. start at some exactly. point. Well, I, I don't. Really I mean, I don't want to design your building for you. I'm just trying design. to help find a solution that. What would you guys like to offer as a, a a solution for the glare that's coming out of the rear windows towards the neighbors? We can specify a heavily tinted glass on the mm -hmm. on the west side. Mm -hmm. That's one option. The other one is we could add. Um, Aluminum louver on the exterior side, those are permanent and they won't be moved. I like that. And you know what? You're going to need it up there with the west yeah, side. Yeah, that's the reality. Okay, that's so we could condition those as options. And, you know, frankly, I drew this over. If I, if you go horizontal, it looks awkward. So it does. Okay, I think well, that's why I, I like don't want to... like your trapezoids. I'd hate yeah. to see you do yeah, this. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to... Um, Kind of but on I the think, spot here. Do so, it. so why don't we offer both of those as solutions, and and you can yeah. decide which one works best for you. Okay. Who's taking that, notes? Are you taking, anybody taking notes? Well, kind of, kind of. This is going to be a difficult um, motion to make. I think um, we should. And I then think, I think instead of an option, we should just state. I mean, do you guys? Would you prefer a mullion with tinting changes, or would you prefer the louvered aluminum? Well, what I was going to suggest is we give an option of tinting, and whether they choose to add a mullion or not, that's up to them. Okay, yeah. Okay, the tinting option of either tinting or, or louvers. But see, I almost would prefer the permanent metal louvers because I think it would actually permanently... Um, that's Stop fine. light from coming out. If if are you guys? Here's the thing: if we de, if we condition it like that, and then they find that they don't want it or it doesn't work, they can come back and ask to modify That's it. That's true. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. The windows okay. west. Okay. So then the the last outstanding issue that I had, which I would be fine making a recommendation which I'm sure since we've gone through all this trouble to get this to approval this evening, they'll accept that recommendation. 
um, to try to add some base plantings here and oh, there. Oh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, and, but his little landscape plan, he had, well, he, he, yeah. he, he, he added some where the transformer was. Did you add any anywhere else on that? Side? So um, I tried to accommodate that, but, uh, you know, um, there are many forces that shape yeah. the project and yeah. shape the site, yeah. site plan. So we had to coordinate with so many departments and all the requirements that they have in order to get where we are. Um, one thing that there is no way around it is ADA and accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's very tight and we need to provide that four feet minimum sidewalk from, uh, from the public sidewalk to all the access points of the building. So uh, along the north and west, um, it's very tight. Uh, we can add, um, if you go to the floor plan, next to that curb cut, no, I'm sorry, to the side plan. Um, if you zoom in to where that ADA parking is. So on the, further up, yeah. On the south side of that um, uh, truncated dome, mm -hmm. we could add a strip of planter, mm -hmm. as long as we have that uh, five feet clearance in front of the door. Right. And then if you pan up a little more, no, uh, the other way, okay. So if we push the transformer closer to the building, I can flip the door to the electrical room to the upper side mm -hmm. and uh, stretch that mm, little area of landscaping all the way down and connect it mm -hmm. to the rest mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And perhaps continue that landscaping on the south side of the building all the way so it all connects together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, be that would be yeah. a good okay. improvement. And then, yeah. and then you could make the bollards work with that, Absolutely. and it looks so much better, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And um, I would minimize the number. I mean, that's just a placeholder, but depending on what the requirement is, I will minimize the number of bollards. Of course, yeah. Okay. And one more quick question. Um, you were saying it's tight, but before you made that statement, I was wondering um, your drive aisle on the north side, is that at the minimum? Width? Correct. The double loaded, yeah, yes. it is. That's yeah. at minimum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, um, I think so we've made good progress. On yes. your sketch of your site plan, how many trees um, are we adding to what you had before? Just so I can put it in the condition, the number. Nineteen. <laughs> Actually, why don't we ask for a new total? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, new total. Yes. 23. 23. Is the new number that you can commit to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, 23. Okay. Excellent. And then the planter areas, um, uh, can you add those to your sketch? Because then this sketch is going to become the thing we're saying that we're approving. <laughs> Did you add those little planter areas that you just talked about up against the building? Extending from the around uh, the transformer, around the transformer. And, and then from the truncated domes to the towards the south. And, right. And then I'd like to ask the committee to um, 
ask that the landscape architect switch out the plant material uh, up in the corner to create a screen for the mm -hmm. parking Something area. Something a little higher than yeah, other a, a, shrub, a real shrub, not a a daylily or a grass or something like that. Northeast planter? Yes. As I recall, they had some rapiolepis, but I don't know if that was a ground but They weren't located or... in that area, I don't right, think. Right, right. Okay, so let me um, see. It's actually not as bad. Okay, what do you guys think about the, the L um, brackets on the patio cover I'm okay with them I, I can it's not highly consistent with the architecture mm -hmm. but I understand the applicants preference I was starting to question the need for base plantings because Frank Lloyd Wright was so opposed to them and this is a Chicago base but um, <laughs> that's extending a little I, too I far can, <laughs> I can let I can let the L reference um, go here I think okay I would still prefer not but if I'm the only one I'm not going to say a negative vote just because of that I won't be the only one It's not, it's not the most important thing to me, although I definitely did notice it immediately as not fitting in. But it, since there's a reason for it, it's okay. Um, okay, so then I wanna just run these by my colleagues and the, and the applicant to see if we're all on the same page with the conditions that I'm picking off the easy fruit first here. Do you, do you wanna make a motion at the same time? Okay, I guess I can make it a motion and then we'll run it by you and see if yeah, you guys are yeah. thumbs up and then we can all say, okay. All right, so I unfortunately do not have my agenda. Chair, I'd like to make a motion to, nope, I don't have it. Oh. What's the, thank you. I'd like to make a motion to approve design review number. Recommend approval. I'm sorry, recommend approval to the Planning Commission. Design review number 5084-22, Jim's Original Restaurant. Um, based on the findings in the staff report and with the conditions listed in the staff report, with uh, some additional conditions as follows. That the exterior lighting um, be limited to 3,500K on the LED temperature. That the upper window, I'm sorry, the west facing second floor windows to have a horizontal aluminum louver system added to help screen light towards the west. Um, that the landscape plan be altered to have, um, to not count the podocarpus as trees since they're not being allowed to grow as trees. Um, and that the plan shall now have 23 trees per the sketch provided by the architect during the meeting. And additionally, that the planter areas will be added per the same sketch. And then lastly, I have that um, higher shrubs be planted in the northeast planter to properly screen parking as required by code. I... The... I'll second the motion. I'm sorry. Um... Um, yeah, wait, oh, the wall. Okay. Yeah, so we have more. Sorry. I, just, just, oh, well, go ahead then. Uh, so one of the conditions regarding the west side window 
I thought there were two options that we discussed. One was Tintinjet or we, we uh, can add that. So we can add that. So I personally so was I'll, I'll more in that. favor of the actual just aluminum being the solution and not. Okay, we'll go ahead and make your motion, and then I'll second. And we can talk about this. We'll see. Okay, whether then, we want to do it or not. Okay. One other thing is that the um, the mullions on the windows of the elevator lobby be adjusted on the elevations to reflect the floor framing lines. And then the, um, the, the wall, the property line wall to the west be coordinated with the neighbors so that we, there's no condition that is prohibited by code, which is two parallel walls closer than 12 inches to each other. Um, and that the maximum height of that wall should be, what's the number? 12 feet above the neighbor's property? Grade. Grade. Um, and that this condition be coordinated between staff and the applicant, and that the applicant would coordinate with the adjacent owners um, to satisfy staff. Okay. I will second that. Mm -hmm. Let's go down. Let's talk now about glazing. Mm -hmm. Your condition included louvers. Mm -hmm applicants asking about tinting. Mm -hmm. I've been convinced through the conversation of what you're saying about louvers because once we start tinting, this is Googie architecture, it's all about the glass. Transparency. Now we have tinting in one place but not in others and um, although I'd like to be open, I think I, Maybe, I'm start, if anybody else wants to weigh in on how they yeah, feel about I'm that condition. I'm starting to agree with you on that. So. I do as well because I think it's a better solution for okay. screening purposes, for temperature control of that upstairs okay. space. And should the applicant decide that that, for whatever reason, is completely infeasible, doesn't want to do it, they can always come back with that one item for yeah, if reconsideration. You, if you have an alternate solution that you come up with that's just completely brilliant, and I don't put it past you that you would do that, um, you can come back. Okay. Okay, so we'll leave the, we'll leave the motion mm -hmm. as, as, as is, maybe. unless someone else, but as a seconder, I'm seconding it as you've made the motion. So before we move on, I want to make sure that the neighbors understand we've set a maximum wall height from your grade at 12 feet. 12 feet in this condition, and that there's going to be coordination between the developer and you to figure out how the your existing wall is going to get dealt with and, and so forth. Um, you've heard all the conditions. You can accept those. You'd That's rather you'd up. rather have a thumbs up from us rather than a continuance, yes. right? That's and I, I apologize not. for the time that this has taken, but we're trying to get to that point of yeah. being able yeah. to move you forward. Better tonight. than coming back, right. right? So, so we have a motion and a second on the floor. Unless there's any further discussion, let's get them out of here.
unanimously approved. So congratulations. Yeah, we'll we'll have a short break. What do we have left here? Huddleston remodel and Taco Adobe. And Ani have that. Looks like next item is design review item 5085-22, the Huddleston remodel. Um, could we get a staff report, please? Okay. Hello again. Um, so the major pro um, components of this um, project include um, construction of a new 91 square foot addition um, to the residence um, at 822 East Walnut. <clears throat> the addition is located at the front straight-facing facade of the existing residence and it would increase the total area of the property uh, of the residence to 1,127 square feet. Existing windows at the west elevation would be infilled and relocated to the primary north elevation. The stucco cladding at the new addition would match the existing color and texture of the ex uh, existing residence. The new addition would also result in a change in the roof line of the existing building. A portion of the existing planter at the north elevation would be removed for the construction of the addition. The proposed project is categorically exempt from CEQA since it is an addition of less than 10,000 square feet to the existing single family residence. 822 East Walnut is a non-contributor to the National Register listed Old Town Historic District. The one-story minimal traditional um, residence was constructed in 1948, which is outside the period of significance for the historic district. The property also contains an existing de detached garage that is not part of this proposed project. The property is located on, on the south side of East Walnut Avenue in a residential area of the Old Town Historic District. It is surrounded by other single-family houses zoned R16, and most of the neighboring properties are also non-contributors. Um, there are several properties across the street that are identified as the contributors, but um, the two blocks bounded by Walnut, Harwood, Sycamore, and Cambridge are all not, are non-contributors. A front addition is unusual and would otherwise not be acceptable if the property was a contributor. As presented, the addition would retain a fairly similar form to the existing building with a smaller inset at the north elevation and would match the existing building in color and materials. The new addition would also salvage and reuse existing windows and removed, removed from the west elevation. While visible from the street, the new addition still appears to be compatible with the building and the adjacent properties in the historic district. For non-contributing buildings in historic districts, the design standards advise that simple roof forms that reflect the form of the non-contributing building and surrounding um, historic buildings are appropriate. In order to allow for the new addition, the applicant proposes to extend the roof. The roof slope would be similar to the existing, though it would create another peak that is taller than the existing roof. But this new height would also necessitate extending the existing ch chimney by approximately 12 inches to comply to the two foot above roofing requirement of the building code. However, the roof form generally reflects that of the existing building and utilizes the same material. Staff is seeking confirmation from the design review committee on the proposed roof and chimney modifications. In this instance, the Secretary of Interior standards um, apply to how the proposed work affects the historic district as a whole and not any individual building since it is a non-contributor. 
The proposed work would not appear to impact the historic district, and the size of the addition is minimal and does not significantly change the massing of the existing building. The spatial relationships will continue to, the, to read the same. And because the house is situated in a block full of non-contributors, there is more flexibility in the alterations proposed at, um, um, if it was a um, contributor. Um, so through, though it's visible from the street, the new addition is on a non-contributing building to the historic district and retains a similar inset design to what is existing. Um, as a small 91 square foot addition, it is still compatible in the scale, massing, orientation, and articulation of the surrounding development, which is also non-contributing buildings. Uh, thank you so much. That concludes my presentation. Great, thank you. Um, any questions regarding the staff report at this point? No? Okay. Um, I'm going to go straight to the applicant then, Mr. Marvick, if you have anything you want to add. Well, we saved, yeah, we saved these two projects till the end because we knew they were going to take a long time to talk about. <laughs> We take your time to look at, you know, we can't have a planning director or somebody look look at it and say, yeah, that's that's meeting the the intent of, of the, the modification, and especially when it's only 90 square feet, you know. Anyway, I don't really have much more to say. I mean, it's 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 such a simple, small addition to this building, and and I, I you know use the same hip roof, the same. Uh, in fact, reuse the windows. We don't have any issues with those, so I don't know what else to okay. add. Yeah, no, you don't have to. It, it's straightforward, I think, so. Okay, good. Okay, go ahead and have a seat then, and we'll call on you if we've got questions. Thanks. Oh, public. I don't have any cards. Mr. M Mr. Marvick's a lonely man tonight. Anyone want to speak? Say something. <laughs> it went to 180 people, right? 180 families. We could go outside and get someone opposed well, to your project if you really want us to. <laughs> you saw how crafty we are at getting things done. That. Okay, so bring it back to this uh, committee. Anyone want to start off? I have comments. You have comments? Uh, yes, I Let's do. Let's hear them. Um, again, congratulations on a nice, sensitive scale for your um, enlargement on this property. And um, was a little surprised to see the roof form the way you've configured it, but I, I don't, it's nothing that's a deal breaker, so I don't have any issues with it. And um, I think it's going to be fine, even though it's in the front. Um, and as uh, Ms. Manatian said, um, Someone unconventional, but but I, I don't have a problem with it. So I'm uh, prepared to support the project um, unless I hear something that I've overlooked from my colleagues. Okay. I just I have um, a, a thing about the chimney. Um, in my experience in extending chimneys that we aren't allowed to do it with masonry, we'd have to do it with uh, metal framing and then clad it with something. Have you have you had this experience? Uh, yes, because you can't it, get them. It'll it'll require some dowels and and uh, another uh, flue pipe, and uh, 
some connection between it and the, and the, the, the balance of it. The other thing is the current, uh, and you know why I have to do it, because the, there's yeah. a rule of 10 and 2. Yeah. Two feet above something feet within 10, 10 feet. Yeah. But the, uh, I don't believe that the current uh, chimney cap is, is actually a, a, a compliant spark arrestor. So I may have to do a, 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 a the building department's going to make me put a spark arrestor on yeah. the on the cap of that. Now, I, I, I don't think my uh, client would be opposed to doing something nice, maybe in copper or something, you know, uh, to dress up the top of that. But the extension of that, um, I, I have done technically with masonry. Uh, it does create a little joint there, but you, you have to break some things out, drill down in, put, put dowels in, Poxy them, and then yeah. I mean, we're talking about twelve inches. Yeah, with twelve inches, I've done it with a taller, and we've had to do it with. Oh metal yeah, that's radio, trouble if you do metal three or studs four feet, and do a, yeah. a a metal bestus pipe extension. And but what I'm concerned about is the look of the brick is looking different. I'm almost wondering if the extension should just continue the plaster look of the. You know, like there's a little bit of a taper on the existing chimney. Oh, right, right, right. Maybe you just taper it up higher and just keep it plastered. Keep, keep going. Because if you're trying to match the brick, you'll never match the brick, and it'll always look like a, a hat of bricks on top of the chimney in uh, my uh, mind. Fortunately for us, and I, I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, the, the planter that's out in front, if you look at this elevation, you'll see there's a lower planter just in front of the, the centerpiece that's sort of oh. the living room piece. Uh -huh. By the way, the color elevations don't show that hip. Because you can see clearly there's a hip over that center uh, yeah, section, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, some of those bricks are going to have to be removed to uh, accommodate this addition. And we'll be able to uh, oh. steal some of those and, and see if we can match them. on the, the front the, so they match? Yeah, okay. Get, at least on the sides that are shown for the street side, I'll, I'll be able to reuse those. Bricks. Right. Okay. I, I, I would suggest maybe we, we could make a recommendation that should... The bricks not match. Should the brick not match to your satisfaction that we would be okay with an alternate material stucco? A stucco or whatever. Like a plaster. That, or maybe so you use the, the, the copper. Use a metal. Or the yeah. copper shroud can shroud. Right. work exactly. to yeah. cover yeah. that and give staff. you that flexibility and yeah. right. staff can make yeah. sure it looks Since nice. Since it's and... drawn this way, we'll <laughs> okay. build that yeah. in. Yeah, that's so. my only concern okay. is the Yeah, no, it's a good, good comment. Yeah. Well, since you uh, mentioned those bricks, that's something I wanted to ask about. So you're removing the, the brick at the base on the front of the building, uh, and now the, the, the building wall on that north face is going to meet the sidewalk directly? Or the, what is okay, well, uh, what's uh, happening you're looking, there? Are you seeing what I'm seeing on the screen? Yes. You see the same thing? Yes, and you okay, have, so I see the Okay, so on the, the left is and, the as-built, on the yeah. lower left. And you can see that in the area that I'm, I'm adding, there is no brick on the building. The brick is in the planter because the planter gets shorter. So I'm, I'm going to harvest some bricks out of the plant. The planter that extends a little bit past that center section to the right, the little one, two course, it turns and goes back towards the building. Well, if the building moves at us, I, I get a bunch of bricks out of that. Yeah, right. that's. I'm not interested in. The, <laughs> I mean, I am interested in in your reuse of the bricks, but I'm moving on to what does the front of the building look like? Uh, so you're telling me that the 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 bricks that I'm looking at here are actually planter, not on the building. Is it? No, they, the, no, the ones layers. that are under the window in the center section are on the building. Are on the building. Yeah, there's a photograph, right? Can somebody go? Do we have yeah, and there's also the 3D oh, rendering. Oh, here we go. And I have 3D renderings of this, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, that photograph's not very good. 
3D rendering on page A3.3 and it shows, yeah. you can uh, see that okay. little low, Thank you. Keep low going, lantern. Keep going. There we go. Okay, okay so th that's similar to it, the way so, that it yeah, is on the, the side. So yeah, the brick is a wainscot underneath the, win the windows and the planter that's got the two little cypress kind of things there, oh, it, better on that bottom view. So when that position moves forward, when the room moves forward the five feet or whatever to accommodate the restroom that we're adding, the bathroom, that little bit of planter that you see there in the DG, I get some bricks out of, so. Right, no, I understand. I, okay. I, I am concerned about how the, how the wall is coming down on the DG and there's no, there's no um, uh, planting right. material that you don't yep. have. There's you haven't softened it with any um, foundation planting area, and I was wondering if you, if you are planning on on doing something. I I think so. I, I don't know what the plant material, what the uh, owner has in mind, but okay. I think that that right now it's just a DG planter, and that's the current uh, condition. So. We, meaning we're, we're not, we could add plants and I would probably, I'm probably going right. to recommend the extension of that little curb, the little planter that's there now and keep coming past the fence, you know, past the corner of the building. Okay. And then add some color underneath the, those windows. I mean, it'd be much nicer to look out those windows and have shrubs, you know, even if it's raphaelipsis or whatever, you know, some kind of color there, right. star well, jasmine or something in that planter. Okay, thank you, thank you. We don't generally um, require a, a landscape plan for a residential project, but right. it would be nice if you are going to, um, since you're removing that planter, if you're gonna put something back, it would look great from the street, I think, if you, if you right. did that, and that's a good recommendation. Thank you. Great. I, I'm the only one left, aren't yep. I? Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I concur with comments that have been made. I think that this is a very, sensitive addition and also very sensitive as the earlier project in terms of its scale. It's a modest home and it's a modest addition and so I think that's why it works. Um, the addition to the front I have no concern for because we don't have a historic facade here that we're trying to preserve. So I think that it's a, a perfectly logical solution to the problem. Um, and I would concur that let's build in uh, kind of an escape hatch on the chimney um, just in case the applicant finds that it's not working as they may have hoped, mm -hmm. um, that they don't have to come back to to resolve that one little mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm fine moving ahead with the project as proposed. Okay, so Chair, I'd like to make a motion. Um, to approve design review number 5085-22, the Huddleston remodel, um, based on the findings in the staff report and with the conditions listed there with the additional um, recommendations. And that is that if the chimney cannot be extended with brick that matches existing, that the chimney cap be redesigned per the architect's discretion, you know, um, to not, but that results in something that doesn't put a mismatched brick up there. Using an alternate material. Using an alternate material to break. Right. And um, also the recommendation that 
some plantings, um, the shrubbery be planted in front of the new addition. I'll second the motion. Okay, we have a, an, a motion to approve and a second. And just again to remind that this is final determination. Any further discussion? Please vote. You are unanimously approved. Thank you for your patience this evening. And Good I luck. think it's because we're in the historic district. Yeah, <laughs> so we need to make, make buildings look nice in the is. historic district. <clears throat> so let's finish the night with Taco Adobe. Yeah. Design review item number 5099-22. If we could have a staff report on this item, please. Um, so the applicant proposes repair of fire damage and a 310 square foot expansion. The major components of this project include demolition of a non-historic shed in the rear of the existing historic commercial building. The rear shed to be removed is not visible from the street. And historic aerials show that the proposed portion to be demolished was constructed in 2011 to 2012, which is outside the period of significance for the historic district. An addition of a 310 square foot addition to the rear of the existing commercial building to include new kitchen equipment and a walk-in cooler. The addition will not be readily visible from the street. The form of the addition mimics the front facade's false front parapet to continue the architectural style of the original building and as a line of delineation from the existing historic building. In addition, the parapet walls of the addition will screen the new rooftop mechanical equipment and therefore will not detract from the historic character of the building. Removal of an existing parking stall, wheel stop, and stripping at the rear of the historic building to add a new grease interceptor, which will also not be visible from the street. Removal of existing sconces to be replaced with new awnings above the display windows on the street-facing facade along North Lemon Street. Replacement of aluminum framed windows on the west and north facades with wood framed windows. The existing window and door casings will be refinished to restore the original appearance of the building. Also, addition of shutters along the north facade to match the western-style vernacular um, of the building. New, new planters along the north facade that do not extend past the existing bollards. New skylights that will be flat and generally flush with the roof plane. And 145 square feet of outdoor dining space at the front facade. This project is um, also categorically exempt from CEQA since it consists of an addition that is less than 10,000 square feet to an existing commercial building. The proposed addition's architectural design remains cons consistent with the building's historical vernacular of a western false front parapet facade and will have a rough stucco finish matching the color of the existing building. The new parapet wall will exist beyond the roof but will still remain lower than the existing false front parapet on the street facing facade to differentiate the addition. The subject property is a contributing resource to the um, National Register listed Old Town Historic District. The one-story commercial building was originally built in 1940 and served as a restaurant during World War II. It has a rectangular plan with a single gabled roof and the western falls from parapet. It was previously surveyed in 2005 and 1991 with the survey form noting that the building is in fair condition. It has been stuccoed and has had modifications on the, on the front facade. It is located on the east side of North Lemon Street in a mixed-use area within the Santa Fe Depot plan and the Old Town Historic District zoned um, Old Town Mixed-Use 15. 
North Lemon Street is, uh, includes both contributing and non-contributing resources. And the subject property shares the parcel with a 1935 bungalow structure that was surveyed in 2005, but found ineligible for listing in the National Register, California Register or other local, de or local designation. Across from the subject property is a surface level parking structure and a three-story enclosed parking structure. The adjacent property to the south is a contributing structure to the historic district. The property currently includes 15 parking stalls at the east side of the building in the rear located on private property. The addition will replace an existing shed in the rear and will be located along the driveway that leads to the rear parking spaces. It doesn't appear that the new addition will be significantly visible from the street as it will be obscured, obscured by the existing historic structure. It'll also be subordinate in height and staff believes that the construction of the rear addition will not adversely impact the integrity of the historic district. Um, issue number two is that uh, the differentiation of the rear addition the historic preservation design standards allows for a small addition at the rear of the building if it is compatible and complies with the Secretary of Interior standards for rehabilitation. The addition stucco walls will match the existing stucco in texture and color, and the demarcation of the historic structure and new addition is provided by that subordinate height of the addition, which is about three inches shorter than the front facade's false front parapet. Also, the new addition's parapet walls will mimic the um, false front parapet of the building, but provides that visual line of demarcation between the new and the historic structure. Finally, um, issue number three is um, awnings. Uh, the historic preservation design standards state that awnings should be similar in materials, design, and operation to those used historically. And also, an awning should typically fit with um, within each of the building structural bays exactly over the displaced, displayed windows. The applicant proposes to add awnings above the two windows on the west facade facing North Lemon Street. There is no photographic record to suggest the, that the building previously had awnings. However, staff has worked with the applicant to identify an appropriate awning design that is in line with the 1940s Western style of the building. Staff explored the option of a blue and white striped awning that would be more consistent with the time period of the building, but the applicant prefer preferred a solid brown awning. Staff finds the brown awning appropriate for the design and consistent with the design standards. The proposed project is in compliance with the Historic Preservation Design Standards for Old Town and the Secretary of Interior Standards 9 and 10, as the rear addition will be subordinate um, in height and will not be visible. It is compatible in mass and scale of the historic building and has a roof similar to the um, uh, false front parapet of the building. In addition, um, the project maintains the existing development pattern of the site by continuing to use the property for commercial purposes. It has also continued as a restaurant, which is in line with the original intent of the building as a <coughs> restaurant space during World War II. Also, outdoor dining is encouraged in the design standards and the Santa Fe Depot specific plan as a means to promote pedestrian activity in the historic downtown core. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, any questions for staff at this time? Um, not for staff. Not for staff. Can, can I see the outline? Is that the color board for this project? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I do have one question for staff. Go ahead. Um, and that has to do with the awnings. Um, 
Well, you know what? Let, let's move on and come back come and back we'll to do it. the other okay. questions. Yeah. Um, did the applicant wish to speak on the, or to add anything more? Um, no. Are you Deanna? Yeah, I'm yeah. And Jeff, you're just here for super supervision and critique, or? <laughs> willing to answer any questions. Great. Great. So neither one of you. I have a question for the applicant. Oh, you're not going to get out. The, so you'll have to fill out the card. No, they've got cards. Okay. So um, this tile on your color board, where is that showing up on the building? It's on the front step. But you'll have to come up to the mic to answer it. But it's on the front step. I need to state my name for the video. So I'm Deanna representing, Deanna Bashara from AO, representing the ownership for Taco Adobe. Um, so we are proposing to just replace the existing damage tile um, that goes about less than two or three feet um, at the front with that tile that's found on the board. Thank you. Oh, and then uh, one more thing. What is the material of the awning? It would be a very thin aluminum, light mm -hmm. gauge metal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. The lighting that is on there now is a big, um, big thing on the front, which is not shown here. What are you proposing for lighting? So we're proposing, um, just because they would be blocked by the proposed awnings, instead to locate them right on the side of the doors, which they, they aren't shown um, in this specific rendering, but we can send over the spec we're looking at. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, you, what are, you're talking about sconces? Yes. Okay, the, so but, as but they're not shown on here. Yeah, that's still in our view, just in um, regard to what spec we want to use that would kind of go with the awnings, but we are proposing to locate them on both sides of the, one on each side of the door. It's on shown each. on the elevation. On the elevation, okay, yeah. um, but it wasn't, but it wasn't ca called out on here. Okay, right. Uh, thank you. And let me ask you also about the bollards. Mm -hmm. Are are those are those your final bollards? <laughs> so those are existing to remain. Um, if they need a little, you know, uh, refinishing, we're open to painting them, just making them a little nicer, but uh, we are not proposing to remove them. And the planters we are proposing to the uh, left side are, would not go past that extent of where the existing bollards are either. <clears throat> okay. Another, another question that I have for the more general um, project is what did was outdoor dining in the rear considered because uh, I know that you are um, you're modifying you're getting rid of one of the parking spaces have did you consider getting rid of some of the parking and putting in outdoor dining uh, since you are across the street from the parking structure um, um, in regards to the rear, we, we're not proposing to add any dining to the rear just because um, the only, it was just for the kitchen extension um, in order to fit the walk-in. Uh, all dining is just going to replace or maintain, um, be kept in the front, uh, which is, I believe, 10 seats currently, and we're just proposing to keep the 10 seats in the front just because in the rear there is no um, really pedestrian walkway to... Um, 
you know, or no view back there right. to really. Did did you did you consider putting in the um, the pedestrian connection that is the the Paseo that's been studied and that what that is planned to go through there? Oh, we did not, just because they are both in the adjacent property behind it are just both private uh, properties, and because the. Um, based on the Paseo study where it is shown to have a like, proposed walkway, we are required to provide a trash enclosure. Um, so there would not be any um, accessibility or area around that to provide the walkway. Well, the walkway that's, that is in the study is just goes right down the middle um, to, the, to the property line. But, and I understand that, you're not gonna, that you wouldn't connect, but that it would be like a future thing or something and then you could do outdoor dining as part of that Paseo even though you're not going to connect anytime it may be maybe never <laughs> um, but then you could then you could have it I just maybe you don't want it because it's too much or something I was just wondering if that is something that you considered because you are part of that Paseo study the pedestrian connection study and you are right across the street from the parking structure so you don't really you, you yeah, wouldn't be giving we were, up anything uh we were just trying to maintain as much of the existing um as possible to not um trigger originally any even planning review um so uh because of i, I believe ani wanted to speak on the Paseo study from what we discussed um yeah so um uh, regarding the Paseo study, um, because um, <clears throat> the requirement of the trash enclosure is triggered by um, a state requirement, the location that it's going to go in, let me pull up the plans for that. So the trash enclosure will be going over here, and the only um, access between the private um, parkings is a wrought iron fe um, fence over here, and then this is... Um, uh, entirely blocked off. There's no pedestrian access over here. So the trash enclosure due to the state requirement would be blocking off the only pathway that connects the two um, par private parking structures. So um, the, and also because the project is primarily um, a, re a fire rebuild and the extension, um, the uh, Paseo study um, requirements were um, tried to be met with the um, outdoor seating in the front. Okay, the, the, there's just a hedge there. You can punch through anywhere. You don't have to go next to the trash enclosure. Um, that, that doesn't seem to be a deal breaker if you want to do the, the Paseo, but it just seems that it could be a benefit. I mean, you obviously would have to, um, you know, agree to maintain it as right. a... Uh, but uh, I just I just wanted to make sure that it was something that was considered since other since we just had a project that was able to to get a lot of benefit by by um, uh, by doing that. Uh, I'm not trying to tell you that you have to do anything like that. I just want to make sure that every that that you realize that it's available. That's all. On that note, I do. Um I do recall now uh, a big reason to why we, we didn't want to extend the patio is just because um, it would trigger additional restrooms. So that's why we just kept to, or tried to maintain the existing patio square footage limitations. I think it's just nice for the owner to know that in the future, if you want to expand your dining capabilities, 
there are special um, exceptions to parking requirements and things like that because of the Paseo, if you want to enact the Not very many properties have access to being able to implement the Paseo. Right. And, and it would give you like out, a lot more outdoor dining and you can lose some parking. Anyway, that's just like, I think the idea is that in the future, that could help you, even if your neighbor behind you never um, doesn't develop their side of this, maybe for decades. You know, right. you could do owner. your part, and I don't know what kind of an agreement you could make with the city to relieve you of whatever requirements you may be having a problem with. <laughs> um, but it was done for others, so I just wanted to make sure that, yeah. that you were aware of it. That's all. I And thank, thank you for your response. Thank you. Okay, anything else you want to add? Um, not, uh, nothing from my end, unless there's any more questions. Okay. Jeff, did you yeah. want to oh, yeah. just real quick? Again, Jeff Rabbit, AO. Um, when we initially started to talk with Marco and Marcella, it was really discussed about creating a patio back there, and I think it was sort of frowned upon just from a simple standpoint of um, visibility from the restaurant, policing the space, how would it get misused or how would it get used and and but what and at that time I don't think there was any discussion or even knowledge of the Paseo study and so in talking with them right now or at least winking at them um, I think they're amenable to something down the line I think that would be exciting and, and really kind of nice to tie everything together and actually bring some additional customers that direction from some of the other spaces so I think it's always an opportunity right. it would it would it would have a pedestrian link to downtown and I think that once that's more of a designed yeah. Paseo then I think some of that risk factor would maybe go away and it's only going to get done if private property owners take it on yeah. right so Correct. the people behind you would have to do it too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm sorry, my mind is just a little bit blown. Well, committee members, while, while you're regrouping, I mean, one thing um, I'd like to just note is the focus of this project has really been the repair of the fire damage and then you know, some building enhancement yeah, I, I think as part we got of that. It. I, yeah. think we got yeah. Yeah. So, I think we yeah. got it. Thank we, you. Did, we didn't dig. Uh, yeah. too deep into larger site improvements. Yep, we got it. We got it. Thank you. Questions? Comments? Good questions for staff. Um, and the first is, uh, do uh, does the city have any information about what sort of plastering texture was used at the period of time this building was built? So um, plaster predominantly became popular in the 1930s and 1940s associated with period revival styles. So um, rough textured stucco would have been one of those styles. There are specific rough textured stuccos um, that would have been um, used at the time. And um, generally smooth was also a uh, smooth finished stucco was appropriate, but like the common 20th century um, stucco types would have been the rough cast pebble dash and the splat spatter dash. Um, so uh, the rough textured stucco is in line with the 1940s um, style of the building. And also it was a, a popular um, material, finishing material because it was so cheap and easily um, accessible by people. So. Okay, thank you. And then um, does the city code limit the size of those awnings that are being proposed for the front of the building? 
So um, the height for the awnings would have to be eight feet, um, and the um, it, it may project no more than one third of the setback. Um, but that would happen during, um, I believe, that would be cleared by Public Works um, during the plan check process, and it would also require an encroachment permit. Oh, okay. Um, and then um, I saw. In the attachment five, the development standards table, there's a, a long list of landscaping requirements um, that don't appear to be applied to this project, and there was no discussion of it in the staff report. So could you speak to um, what the code says and how that's being looked at in terms of this, this project by staff? Um, sure. Uh, so uh, because the um, primary um, scope of work for this project focused um, primarily on the fire rebuild and the extension in the back, um, we it didn't take into consideration the larger site development for the site, but the addition of the planters, um, staff believes, um, is a good addition of um, greenery, but because it is predominantly focusing on the fire rebuild. Um, the um, staff believes that the re um, requirements for landscape um, uh, are not applicable to the specific project of the fire rebuild. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, wow. Um, I would think the addition would have triggered it, but that's me. Um, that was all the questions I have. I'll have some... Uh, comments later. Thank you. Yes, Anything? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fine with the issues uh, or with the, the the project. I don't have issues with. Um, what's being proposed, with the exception that I, I question the appropriateness of the tile um, out on the public, you know, how it sort of addresses the public walkway. Um, I think it's a, it's a design that will be very dated. Um, and because it's a paving material and extension of the sidewalk, I think I would prefer we stay away from that. Um, myself but otherwise I'm very supportive I think the awnings are quite high um, the way they're drawn um, the shadowing is interesting because um, that doesn't occur in this hemisphere but we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll ignore that um, but the the awnings look peculiarly high to me um, so I, I wonder if we ought to uh, consider asking those to be moved down just a little bit mm -hmm. Um, they're a little bit peculiar on a Western false front building to begin with. Yeah. Well, but that's the actual, the actual elevations are drawn differently than the rendering. Okay. And they are lower on the elevation and I, they also well, look. but still that's taller. quite high. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes them look, uh, teeny, <laughs> makes them look undersized. I just think they look very, very applied. Um, Again, their appropriateness on a western front is kind of peculiar already, but to be kind of put up there high like an eyebrow. Um, and I, I get what I you're saying is that... It's better on the drawing. It's, it's better, better than on that. the drawing. Yeah. 
And what sheet is it's that? It's actually it's not really fine, which is it, side view of it though. Yeah. It doesn't really shade the windows. So it drops in right above the windows. So that's as low as it can go as long as it's it seven uses foot six the rear. Clear. So okay, I'm fine with it as long as it's per the drawings then. Well um, usually Oh it's yeah, dimensioned it's on there. I didn't yeah, realize it's, that. It's built by the drawings, not the renderings. Yeah, of course. I didn't realize there were dimensions on the drawings. So um, I'll take that back. I think in the renderings it's shown different mm -hmm. and a little peculiar, but the drawings have it right. So, um, The less I say, the better, I suppose. I, I do I'm, I'm did just, have I'm, one other question I'm, that I got, was reminded of when we saw that rendering of the front. Um, the rendering shows some new signage. Is that what's being proposed or is that just? You're talking about in the box? Uh, no, the blade sign. Well, it's a, it's a lit box. Yes, and that was gonna be my second question. Uh, we're proposing to keep the existing blade sign and then just replace the acrylic um, if the tenants do decide to upgrade their logo. Okay. Um, so that is acrylic and it's internally lit? Oh, um, apologies, my mistake. It, just to replace the, um, not the acrylic, but the logo itself, but the blade sign in the wood, all that's to remain. Uh, no proposed lighting internally in it. Oh. Not internally lit. Yeah, uh, it's just gonna be what uh, it is right now existing, and then just the logo itself, um, I believe, they, they might keep it, um, but if they do upgrade their logo, um, then that is just gonna be the only thing replaced. Okay. Okay. So could staff speak to the use of acrylic in the Old Town District? It's an existing sign. Well, but she's talking about replacing it. Right. Potentially replacing it. If it's, if it's simply a change out of the copy, and every, all the other components are remaining. It's a legal non-conforming sign, and that would not trigger a full replacement of the sign. Okay. And so is the signage part of what we're approving tonight? Or would that be coming back later for approval? Because sometimes we see the signage, but it's just sort of, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the project scope I don't believe includes signage so um, the applicant and I can we can discuss the signage later and bring it back for okay. Thank you. approval yeah um, it is most likely going to just um, keep the same logo and signage uh, we just show it rendering wise as a proposed if they do decide to eventually change their logo make it more modernized I have to say it has a cleaner look um, right Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? I just want to comment that I'm thrilled to see you guys here and to get Taco Dobi back in back in action. We've all been we've I mean it was a horrifying news when we heard what happened. So we're very grateful. I'm very grateful that you're that you're doing this and actually um, making some improvements and making a better kitchen, whatever you need. 
to make you succeed because you could. And so I actually am in support of the project as designed and submitted. And um, I could certainly be persuaded that the tile could be changed, you know, um, but I'm not terribly objecting just because it's so low. Um, if it was if it was more prominently on the facade, I would have different issues. Um, but I think the parapet wall does a nice function to screen mechanical equipment and and demark de the dis the differentiation between old and new at the back. So I think it's it's nicely done. And if the rendering had been drawn with the awnings lower, I think it all all would have been really nice. Thank you. Well, I also am very much in support of the project and I'm looking forward to being able to, to have the restaurant open again. Um, and I don't know, I'm asking, do, are the bollards required to be yellow? Is that, a, is, that a, is that a city requirement that they're yellow? Wait, but the same, they can be multicolored, but. The, you, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> yeah, we would have to confirm with public works and our traffic safety folks. I don't know what the specifications are. Mm -hmm, because I think it would be it would look better if they weren't yellow. I don't know if anybody yeah, in else. In my experience on um, in other jurisdictions, they're always yellow. This is right in the driveway, so yeah. yeah. So I I don't, I, I don't know what orange is. Public Works might say, but I my experience is that they're always yellow. Probably not. I'm willing to let it go. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to probably. Anything else? Um, I have, uh, I, I'm very much in favor of the project. Um, I like what you're doing. It's gonna give you a nice little um, uh, refresh of the building. I have two tiny details, one of which, which has been mentioned, which is the tile, which I don't really think goes with the Western Falls front. Um, it looks like it's more maybe like a Moroccan design or something. And then uh, if the shutters are proposed to be exactly as shown here, I also don't think, um, and I'm and I'm uh, meaning on the um, the drawn elevations rather than the renderings. It's got that curved rail at the top, which I think is not quite Western um, Western Falls front. So I would prefer to see a planar, you know, um, planar design on those shutters. If my colleagues agree with that, there weren't any. Oh, there were. Well, there. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that they're original, uh, but there were early ones. Yeah. But, um, okay. Well, we can. I I would agree with that. That take away the arch element off the yeah. shutters. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you for catching that. Are you of the same? That's a okay. colonial look. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is. Okay. Is that it then? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give my comments and probably make a motion then. Um, I too am. So happy this is um, in front of us. If you open tomorrow, I'd come tomorrow night. Um, so, so you can't you can't start any any too soon. Um, so glad as well to hear that you're sticking this out and and maintaining this in the the community. Um, it's important to a, a lot of uh, people. So, good job with that. Um, the, Comments I made about the awnings. I did not catch that there were dimensions provided on the, uh, the architectural elevations, so I will um, withdraw that. I too feel that the tile should be something a little um, 
more consistent with an exterior paving. I think there's a variety of things that could be used there, but something that's slightly more timeless and less contrasting with the concrete paving since it is in Old Town. That would be my recommendation there. Um, but I'm fine leaving that up to staff to um, sort that out with the, the property owners. So um, if no one else has any comments, I'm gonna go ahead and move approval. And again, this is final determination for design review item 5099-22 Taco Adobe um, with one additional, uh, oh, consistent um, with the findings in the staff report and the conditions that were included with one additional condition that the applicant work with um, our preservation planner to select an alternate paving tile uh, for the front of the building that is more consistent with uh, and compatible with paving materials of the period. Uh, I think we can um, leave that at, at that, so. At the shutter? Oh yes, sorry, a second condition, that the top of the shutter not be arched but be a simple square frame on all sides. I'll second the motion. Okay, we have a motion to approve and a second. I just want to note that on the DPR form of the old photos, it shows the shutter as being straight across. Okay. Please vote. Unanimously approved. Thank you for your patience. I know it was a long meeting long this night. evening. Long night, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So with that, we can adjourn to our next regular meeting held on Wednesday, December 7th. And happy December Thanksgiving, 7th. everybody. December I know, happy. Your birthday. My birthday. Having a Pearl meeting Harvard. just in honor of my birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.